What do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know. You're, it's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, you're funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> you motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. You stuttering prickhead. Frankie, was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. <laughs> Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's Best Film Ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And we are in for a day today. Let's just call a spade a spade. We are recording two, <laughs> we're watching two movies and we recording two movies in the stretch of one afternoon slash evening slash next Wednesday, all mm-hmm. in one. It, next Wednesday. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't get this done in one sort of elongated session. It's so already 20 past three. It's already 20 past three. So we are going to kind of keep things a little bit short on the preambles today. Mm-hmm. That is, and really that's more on me even you guys because i think i do more of that stuff than you do but hopefully we're going to do it and it's going to be good yes and if i fall asleep please prod me i will because i have been awake since half four this morning but as of right now (laughs) you're good i'm good so you're you're good. Hey, I've got my strong bow and I'm good. He's not picking it up. He's not picking up on it. He's really not picking up on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do that again. The important part, though, is that we are good, fellas. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Liam made this pun like moments before we came. We started recording. I said, remember that because I'm going to throw to you. We're, we're good. <laughs> and just gone. <laughs> Pippin also just came over to make sure that oh, Liam wasn't really... crying because of his laughter then. So. Um, but we are here. And we so are we here. are here today and we're going to watch Goodfellas. And then at the end of the, 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 the review, we're going to reveal. So you guys don't even know what the poll winner is yet. No. We are going to reveal and talk about kind of Halloween gate, as I'm going to refer to it as. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Yes. The Halloween Be- gate. Because. Um, what have you started, Ethan? What, mm. Ethan, what have you done? Is kind yeah. of the, the, the thing. So Ethan has left his mark on this, on this poll. <laughs> he has. We love Ethan. I've said to Ethan. Yeah, we there's do. There's no hard feelings. No, 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 no. But he got us noticed by one member of a fan group or one fandom specifically, and it kind of tweaked things. So we're going to address that at the end of this review. Yeah, uh, not a huge amount of fancy oh, football to talk about. All we know, just to give in short, is that two is facing one today. In that uh, Queen Ellie undefeated is facing the Queen Slayer. <laughs> me today. Dun, so we will, dun, dun, we'll find out today if I am the Queen Slayer or if I truly am just the number two. Is it wrong that I'm rooting for you? <laughs> I think you just root for root no for one to run perfect. Of course you do. Yeah. Root for no one to go perfect. It's very, it's very British to do. The However, I, you I could I do this myself thing. to be the underdog. You given that I know nothing Ellie about doesn't know about football, and somehow she's ahead of the pack. So it's kind of like yeah. when Leicester won the Premiership a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. You're like, they yeah. really have no business being anywhere near that position. No, but, but you're like, it's fun to watch it happen. Credit to them because yeah. next year you know it's going to come crashing back yeah. down. So Ooh, Leicester. Which one of these things is that? So. Um, oh, and I'm against Liam, so that's fun. Oh, are you against Liam? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we have, we have, so just like, it's, just like it's a double feature day, it's a double, double feature in fantasy crossover. football. And we're that's cool. We are faced assailant. opposite our, yeah. ro- our assailant, our rival. <laughs> assailant. Doesn't assailant mean like they're attacking you? 
And you're, you're like a victim? There's, there's, he's assailing me with his football prowess. Oh, is he? No, because I'm And I've changed my tight end as well. Predicted to Liam, win. <laughs> Liam is number eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm three. I'm so. last. Three versus eight. So one, two, wow, me, you, and me, yeah. you and Elliot are one, two, three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, one, two, three, eight. One, two, three, and then eight. So no one can accuse us of rigging the league. We've got Liam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's that. I'm sure it's on the matchups. I'm just going to take a little break from that. A little break from the shout outs as well, just because we got a lot to do. Yeah, today. we do have a lot. So if you're out there, we love you. We love you, Lestat. We, we love do. you, uh, Paul and Griff. Dwayne Smith. We love you, Dwayne Smith. <laughs> so, uh, Nick and Russ. All our usual, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah, usual yeah. friends of the podcast. You're friends of the podcast. God bless you. Please, we'll 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 talk more. F and Nerds will. podcast. You're, yeah, you're all great. Everybody, yeah. everybody out there, you know who you are. But we're gonna go ahead and jump in here. So we are doing Goodfellas. Who mm-hmm. has seen Goodfellas before? <laughs> Liam and I have raised, Liam and I have raised our hands. <laughs> oh yeah, <that's laughs> this is not a visual media. One of these times to explain wow. to Liam how a podcast works. You did <laughs> like the, the same thing on the internet. <laughs> But, uh, so okay, we, I've seen it. So, Hand up. So we've seen it, and and the girls have not. No. Okay, so this is Martin Scorsese. I love it. It's good movie. Uh, I love Goodfellas. It's a gangster too. movie, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a typical mob boss kind of, once you're in, you're in, how do you get out, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's some really interesting stuff about the actual... Based on a true story. Based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely it is. So Goodfellas, 1990, mm-hmm. American crime film, directed by... Martin Scorsese and really kind of his coming out party as far as like a big name director oh, like a yeah, big, yeah. this by his biggest budget by a mile mm-hmm. um, and released distributed by Warner Brothers and it's an adaptation of a book and it's not a fictional book it's a, it's a non-fiction book called yeah. Wise Guy Wise Guy Wise Guy by Nicholas hey, Pileggi and the guy Nicholas Pileggi who wrote the book ended up co-writing the screenplay mm-hmm. with Scorsese cool. so um, he, he Scorsese originally titled the film Wise Guy as well but postponed making it until he could sort of get who he wanted in the right roles. Mm, he did really well. And yeah. so uh, the, a lot of the cast would often speak to Pileggi, who would share his research from when he wrote the book. And the book is based on actual mobsters. Like Henry Hill is a real, Hill, yeah. is a real person. Yeah. And so by doing this, uh, it gave him sort of a groundwork. And then there was a lot of improvisation during the film. And some of the most Iconic, iconic scenes in this film yeah. were improvised, but Scorsese don't improvise not in front of the camera, but improvise in rehearsal. In rehearsals, yeah. And then take that and sort of script that side of it to mm-hmm. sort of see kind of how that would go. So that's an interesting idea. And they did use that revised script from principal photography when the cameras start rolling kind of onwards. I'm looking forward to hearing stuff I've not heard before. Which and, is, well, which hopefully, is good. hopefully I've got a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas premiered at the 47th Venice International Film Festival in September 1990, where Scorsese was awarded with the Silver Lion for Best Director. Well deserved. And it was released in the U.S. about uh, 10 days later on September 19th. And it made on a budget of $25 million That's not bad. And grossed $46 million. Really? That's the that weird thing. That surprises me. Because you're thinking Goodfellas, yeah. an iconic film. Uh, I'm wow. sure you guys have at least heard of Goodfellas before. Heard of it, yeah. The title, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. just the title. So it's one of those things that I was going, it must have made 100 plus. Is this one of the things that probably did better on home media? It's 1990, so home media is, it's not really as big of a thing as it, like, by the mid-90s, home media is massive. Yeah. Uh, It's not really a cult film in the sense that, like, it was really highly regarded. Is it a highly regarded cult film, then? Has it Um, got people that, like, really love it and... Well, it's, uh, we'll, it's very. We'll, we'll talk at the end of the yeah, film yeah. About, about about the critical response because right, it was okay. massive. Right, it's huge. So um, basically, um, Scorsese had always been fascinated by the mob and was drawn to the book because he thought it was the first honest portrayal of gangsters he'd ever read. And then his idea was, I want to take this movie and I want it to be like a three-hour trailer or two-hour trailer. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like action-packed all the way through, and you don't let up. 
And Pileggi said that Scorsese called him up out of nowhere. And according to the way the conversation is rumored to go is that Scorsese told Pileggi, I've been waiting for this book my entire life. To which Pileggi responded, I've been waiting for this phone call my entire life. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. Um, I think when you've got two powerhouses like that coming together, you're going to get something good. Yeah, and the theory was that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's like a, he described it as like a mob home movie because it was the first film to really talk about why do people want to be mobsters? What is the actual appeal mm. of it? And it's, it's, it's the ridiculous amounts of money in controlling that and what comes into it. In the first test screening they ever did, there were 40 walkouts in the first 10 minutes. Really? Wow. 40 people just walked out. It's the first time Scorsese had a film that they had to do preview screenings for. Yeah. And it was very polarizing. Very, oh, okay. very polarizing. And there's one yeah. scene they did significant changes to as a result of the test screenings. We'll talk about that on the other side of it. Oh, okay. So I can I'm, imagine it being quite graphic. I'm really excited. Do we need a warning for the first 10 minutes of this film? It'd be really interesting to go at the first 10 minutes of the film. What do you guys think about it? I don't remember the first 10 minutes of the film. I saw it once. Okay. I saw it once. I saw Wolf of Wall Street, and then I saw Goodfellas. My initial response was, they're very, okay, they're very similar, even though they do. Uh, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt it was a similar kind of story and went, okay, I've seen this before. I saw it when it's called Wolf of Wall Street. Now it's been a while since I've seen both. I'm curious to go back in with fresh eyes and see how, because this obviously predates Wolf of Wall Street by 25 years. It's just yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. them in the other order. So I'm looking forward to it. Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta Joe Pesci. Right. Yeah, Joe Pesci. It's, it, it's, it's a heck of a cast. It is. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it is violent. Okay. Okay. So there will be, there are, there are a couple of extreme violent scenes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're not in for any tame viewing experiences today, then, really? No. <laughs> no, it's quite graphic. But, no. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to watch. But it's not, I don't think it's, it's gratuitous in the sense there's a lot of violence in those moments. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. not gratuitous for gratuitous sake. It no. makes sense within the narrative of where you are in the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Because we Wonderful. know I don't like it when it doesn't. <laughs> Okay, so that is where we're at. So uh, I think I've made the girls less excited. About yeah, I am now as nervous for this as I am for the Halloween special. So. Um, no, did you see? Be. Did you see Joker with us? Yeah, I've seen Joker. What do you think about Joker? There was only a couple of. Uh, see, I don't yeah. think it's any. Uh, from my memory, same. I, I might be wrong. when We come back after the break, but yeah. I don't think it's any more. I think if you can handle Joker, this is fine. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel a bit better. I don't, I, I don't mind violence at all as long as it kind of makes sense in the story. Yeah, it's not just violence for violence sake. Like what was the? Was it speed? No, not speed. Uh, what was it called? You have to drive. Tell me what the film drive. Oh, drive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah Similar but, to speed. But like, if you, if you can handle a girl with dragon tattoo, you can handle this yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So that's it from us. We are going to go ahead and watch um, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and I'm we, paying attention. You are paying attention. More than me at this point. So look at that. We've switched roles, and uh, so that'll be that. We're gonna eat some uh, eat some sausage on a bun. Yeah, boy. We're gonna watch some films for for double day, double feature, all that stuff. And we will catch you on the flippity fluff. The flippity flip fluff. And we are back. Good fellas. Uh, it's not a short movie. I'll say that much. No, it's not. No, it was a bit of a. If I'd probably known we were gonna be doing double duty, I don't know if I would have. <laughs> Yeah, I might have scheduled us to do the Halloween one last week, and we had a bit more time and done something at some point. But we are back, and it was, uh, it was I liked it. Yeah, yeah same. I liked, it. I liked it. Same. I have probably watched this film for about seven or eight years now. Yeah, it's about the same. Well, I don't yeah. know. Maybe a little more recent, but it's been at least a good five years, I think, for mm. me. Um, ladies, thoughts on initial thoughts on Goodfellas? It was long. Okay. Um, I think I liked it. Okay, good. So let's let's break it down. Let's jump right into it. So in the beginning, New York, nineteen seventy, and a little uh, before we get into that, a little little um, 
quid pro quo, little little. That's not even the right sort of term. A little fun fact: um, two weeks in advance of the filming, the real Henry Hill was paid five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. From the movie, not from yeah, some, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess for just the rights to his story to his or something like that, yeah. yeah. And Scorsese and the writer of the original book, Pelleggi, collaborated on the screenplay, as we said before the break. And over the course of the film, over 12 drafts were required in order to reach the final script. Hmm. Uh, and so that's why they got to share credit for the screenplay, I guess, because yeah, Pelleggi's yeah, wasn't yeah. enough or whatever, so we both need to do this. And at Scorsese's request, associates of the actual people were always on the set of the film, giving helpful and essential information about the life, people, settings, and moods. Because they had fictitious uh, social insurance numbers, no one really knows how they got paid, but they were indeed paid. <laughs> so there's some fun That's stuff cool. there. And we open up, and we've got... Um, We've got our three sort of heroes, definitely not the right word, but our yeah, three yeah, sort yeah. of main characters here. Uh, we've got Henry and Jimmy and Tommy. As we haven't really met any of them in, for, for reals yet, but, no. they're, but they're in the car. There's a, a, a giant thud, 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 and as the audience, we're going, what could that possibly be? Mm-hmm. They stop the car and they open up the, the, the trunk, as we would say in my country, or the, the, the boot, boot, as you would say in yours. Yeah. <laughs> not a boot, as we would say in my country, <laughs> no. but the boot. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> And we find this, this is, they're bathed in red light. And I think this is kind of the idea of it. What they do is dark and hidden and, and wrong. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just bathed in it. And then uh, Tommy, like, stabs him. Is it Tommy who stabs him in the stomach three times? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, everybody, I think it's maybe Jimmy. Knife, I think yeah. maybe Jimmy who goes bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Only he shoots. He doesn't just, like, pull his finger and go bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. No. <laughs> bark, bark, bang, bang. Bark, bark. <laughs> bark, bark. <laughs> on that note, please go ahead and catch our review of Oliver and Company in a couple of days on Talking the Mickey. That's Talking <laughs> the Mickey. Couldn't be any more different from Goodfellas. No. <laughs> no. no. So, um... Oh, I mentioned that already. So, uh, and then we get the voiceover, and it's got a great first voiceover line. Ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Boys want to be a gangster. Which, yeah. I mean, that and Scorsese's first line that he comes up with in The Departed, I don't want to be a product of my environment. Mm. I want my environment to be a product of me. They're both pretty good. I would give it to The Departed as the better opening line, but you really, like, you said it, like, almost word for word along with the, yeah. along with the film, so it stuck with you. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time it stuck with me. Yeah. And this film is about, it's a, it's a love story about the gangster lifestyle, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Nicholas Pelleggi talked to Henry Hill constantly while writing the script, alongside Martin Scorsese. Like, he phoned him, like, several times a day. The thing that makes me wonder about this is, when you're trying to relive something, how much did Henry Hill want to make himself look better? Do you know what I mean? There, I'll get to it at the end, because there, there are some critics. Yeah, okay. Not film critics, but critics, people who yeah, knew him yeah, in yeah, the circles. Yeah, and yeah. Went, Let's t- let me tell you about the real Henry Hill. Yeah. So we'll touch on that at the end. Okay, cool. But there is the idea, if you're telling your own story, I mean, you're either designed to make yourself the hero or the victim. Mm-hmm. Sometimes both. Yeah, yeah. In this case, he's definitely both, depending yeah. on which way you're looking exactly. at it. And so um, Nick Pelleggi said the voiceovers are the key to the movie, and said they're almost exact quotes from Hill. Oh, okay. I do, like, I do like the voiceovers. On a documentary, Ray Liotta said that uh, his first-person narration was done by him, but he actually spoke to another person in the room. Oh, so cool. it would feel more like conversational more, yeah, yeah. as opposed to just, I'm speaking into a microphone. Yeah. If you can imagine someone just speaking into a microphone. Oh. That's why I don't want to do, want yeah. to do a solo podcast because I think it would just, the conversational feel, I think, is, is what's, I enjoy yeah. that. I wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. sit here just waxing poetic into a microphone by myself. Don't lie. I, I really wouldn't. I really, really wouldn't. Yeah, you do work better with people. Yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> um, and so um, then we get the credits and we get Goodfellas in red. 
So everything mm. else has been white. Goodfellas is in red, which when you combine it with the, the sort of red light of the previous scenes, interesting. And now we're going to flash all the way back to East Brooklyn, 1955, where we have young Jimmy looking out the window and kind of looking to say, look how great the mobster's life is. Um, and we get talked about Tony Cicero, who owns at the pizzeria and the laundry store. And Tony is the brother of Paulie, and Paulie more or less runs the block. Yeah. Which is, Paulie might have moved slow, but that was because when you're important, you don't have to move for anyone. Mm-hmm. There's some good lines in this. There is. And enter Paulie. And Paulie's played by Paul Sorvino, who I knew as Lord Capulet in the 1995 Baz Luhrmann version of Romeo and Juliet. I was like, how do I know this guy? Yeah. And it just hit me at one point. I was like, oh. It's Lord Capulet. <laughs> <laughs> um, a good choice in both roles. Yeah. If I'd known, actually, that he was in Goodfellas, I mean, it, it adds even, like, if you've seen that Romeo and Juliet, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. like, it is kind of like, like a mob family kind of feel to what's going on there. So he's a good choice. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was really good in this. He's very good in yeah. this. Quiet, stoic, unemotive. Yep. Demanding in a place at times. Yes. And just you know. here's the way it is going yeah, yeah, to be. Yeah. But also kind of has a bit of a niceness about him as well because he is so calm all of the time. He doesn't he doesn't do that whole you've pissed me off so I'm no. going to shoot you in the brains. So he almost draw which is important actually. It's it's important if you consider the other people in this movie mm. and how Paulie acts as a foil to all of them. Um he wanted to drop out of the role. Why? He didn't want to do it. Uh he felt that he lacked the cold personality to play the character. He called his agent and said I want out of the film. And wow. his agent told him give, give it a night. Yeah. Give it a night, see what you really feel. And that night, he, uh, Paul Sorvino looked himself in the mirror and was frightened by the look on his face. And he realized that was the look he needed to play Paulie, was that that image yeah, he saw yeah, looking yeah. back at him. Um, and it said that once he sort of held on for it, he had no problem finding the voice and walk of the character. But he found it challenging finding what he called a kernel of coldness and absolute hardness that is antithetical to my nature except when my family is threatened so basically he said this is so against who i am yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. the hard part he's a much more effusive positive human being so he went to the idea of what happens if my family's threatened and that gave him the oomph to play this role that makes sense Credit in the him. role anyway because it is kind of described as being like a big family isn't it and they yeah. all rely on each other and have each other and they spend all their time together so i guess if you just tap into that then you've got it anyway yeah mm. and henry gives us his backstory he's half irish and half sicilian and um, the parents are cool with him doing these part-time jobs, working for the mob across the street until they change their mind and they're not. Because he's not going to school. And there's a pretty graphic scene where his dad beats him up. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting to hear the voiceover go, sometimes you got to take a beating. Funny thing is, the first time I watched this, I remember thinking, you know the post office guy that comes out? Oh, yeah. I thought I was his father. I did too. And I'm like, why are they beating up? Is his dad a postman? I didn't think his dad was a postman. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, thought, I thought that was his dad to begin with. I knew yeah. it wasn't the second time no. around. But he, but... I, was, I was still confused. I'm like, what's this about? And yeah. I'm like, oh, they're stopping the postman from delivering the letter that says that your kid's um, skipping school. Yeah. So, I think that made more sense to attack the father. You can't have him attack the father. No? No, because then all of a sudden, because now, now you're pulling the kid's loyalties to my dad versus this other family. And there'll be time for it, but it's not yet. He's too oh, young. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, if he didn't care about his dad, he would have said, look, look, uh, forget my dad. I want to still work for you. So what they did instead was go, let's get rid of the postman. Oh, and okay. Delivers and not force my, him to pick. My train of thought uh, the first time I watched it was that was his father that was being, you know, don't pick on the kid type thing. Yeah. But yeah okay. And there's a great bit where even teenage Henry Hill saying, um, some of my classmates carried my mother's groceries home all the way home. And you know why they did that? Out of respect. Out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> he took, he took, um, 
He took uh, pleasure in that, didn't he? He did. He did. And this is when we, he talks about how he first met Jimmy Conway. Jimmy Conway met, uh, sorry, uh, played by... Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, mm. who's just great in everything like, at this time. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. He's made some poor choices. But back then, like, De Niro in anything was just gold. He brings a bit of gravity to it. And he? he wasn't the first to be offered the role, if you can believe this. Okay. So... If, you, if, you, if, if you're not going to get De Niro, <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs> it is Al Pacino. It is. <laughs> but he turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast because Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were both in the Godfather movies together. Right, okay. And so it was and like, I, I don't yeah. want to only play this. But then Pacino says this, and then he takes on the role of big boy Caprice in, in Dick Tracy. Uh, yes, he does. So like, it's like he plays a mobster in that. That's more caricature, isn't it? He, he, yeah, but he admits he regrets the decision now. Yeah. After, I mean, I think you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, no shit. Once De Niro agreed to play Conway, Scorsese was then able to uh, get the money to make the film. So De Niro was the big one because he, he needs Scorsese's not Scorsese yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's not a super director. This, this, this to use their language, this turns uh, Scorsese into a made man. Yes, yes, it does. yeah, yeah. And, and and the relationship he has with De Niro, yeah, from here on in, yeah. Absolutely, because he shows up, and I mean, the Irishman, right? Yeah. yeah. So to prepare for the role, De Niro consulted with Pileggi, who had the research material, um, but all the material he had that was even discarded while writing the book. And De Niro himself called Hill several times a day mm. to ask how Jimmy Burke, which is what his character is based off of, yeah. a real-life guy, how did Jimmy Burke walk? How did he hold his cigarette? And so on. And he was so obsessed with authenticity, he even phoned him up and said, how did he apply his ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> Like that. Like somehow someone would, <laughs> someone would watch it and go, that's not how he does his Did ketchup. you watch how he did his ketchup? I did right? see that. How yeah, did he do his yeah. ketchup? He did his ketchup like this. He rolled it. He rolled it around in, in his hands. hands. What, like, 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 like a ketchup bottle? Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the hard Heinz 57. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. He like rolled it I did not. Hands, I'm, yeah. too busy, I'm too busy taking notes, aren't I? Because when he did it, I thought, that's weird. I thought, oh, maybe that maybe that's a good way to get ketchup out. I don't know. And I don't think I've ever looked at someone and... Like take a note of how they apply their ketchup. It was so different. Yeah. It was so different. Yeah. Every one of Robert De Niro's outfits had a matching watch and pinky ring for it. Oh, just for a little bit of yeah. Nice, Jimmy. nice. And then there's a scene where he's talking about this. During this scene, Jimmy's handing out money to everybody. This is where he's paying everybody. Uh, yeah. An act that we'll later see uh, Henry yeah. emulate. But Robert De Niro wanted to use real money for this because he didn't like the way fake money felt in his hands. So the prop master gave De Niro $5,000 of his own money. At which point I'm going, what? You're paying Why? your prop master too much money, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why has he got it in cash? He's got five grand in cash. And uh, at the end of each take, no one was allowed to leave the set until all the money had been returned. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. That's great. So young teenage Henry Hill is selling cigarettes. He's caught. He goes to court. He gets a mob lawyer. He gets off because the mob lawyer basically gives the wink to the judge who's on the take as well. Literally gave him the wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, as he walks out, Jimmy grabs him around the, around the shoulder and he goes, oh, I thought you'd be mad at me. And he goes, not mad. I'm proud because you learned the two greatest things in life. Never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut, which feels like it's kind of the same thing said twice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you, they, they had to ham it home now oh, because of what happens What later. happens later. You've got to pay that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he walks through the doors of the courthouse, and there's all the mobsters giving him a hero's welcome. You are yeah. one of us. And now we skip to Idlewild Airport in 1963, and Henry has grown up to become Ray Liotta, who I think is probably a good-looking man at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got that rough... Not once he gets like the hair goes nuts because he's all coked out in the 80s. But yeah, at this no, part, no, but he's got he's a good looking guy. Yeah. I'll tell you what, he's not at this point, though. 21. 
No. Oh, definitely not 21. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Scorsese casts Ray Liotta after De Niro saw him in Jonathan Demme's Something Wild and I guess tipped him off to Scorsese. And Scorsese was surprised by what he called his explosive energy in the film. And Liotta had already rep- read Pelleggi's book previously. Oh, that's cool. Which helps. He was fascinated by it. And so when he found out he, there were going to be a film version of it, um, he really petitioned for it. And he met the director in 1988 and auditioned for the film at that point. Uh, Leota turned down the part of Harvey Dent in the 1989 version of Batman in order to do this film. Oh, okay. Uh, which I think... I think that was a good move. Made the right choice. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, Batman's never good. He campaigned aggressively for the role, but the studio wanted a, a more well-known actor, and he's even joked since Leota said that... I think they would have rather had Eddie Murphy than me. <laughs> uh, because of the idea that he's not, he's not a bankable star. Like, what do you know of him before this, Liam? I know Field of Dreams. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard his name until today. Ray Liotta? Mm-mm. Ray Liotta's great. He's great in Heartbreakers. He's, he's, one, of, he's one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, him and Michael Keaton. Batman. He, doesn't get a lo- <laughs> he doesn't get a lot of work, though, it seems. Anymore. No. Well, no. He, he's in a TV series at the moment called Narcos. Is he in Narcos? Think, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, I think I think so. I didn't think he was really good, but I'd not, I didn't know who he was either. According to Ray Liotta, Scorsese was so involved in every detail of the cast's wardrobe that Scorsese himself tied Liotta's tie every day to make sure it was appropriate for the setting. Wow. That's cool. That is detail-oriented. Cool. That, <laughs> that is micromanagement. You know what? Nailed it. Hey, it works, yeah. I'm this, sure someone yeah. else probably could have been like a costume person probably could have tied his tie yeah. in and, the right way. <laughs> and Scorsese didn't want Ray Liotta, unlike De Niro, Scorsese doesn't want Ray Liotta to have any contact with Henry Hill because it was his first time yeah. directing Liotta and he didn't want Hill to influence Liotta. He wanted him to influence yeah, Liotta yeah, yeah, yeah. and only him. So there's a little bit of a... A little bit of an ego thing. Well, on. a little bit of an ego thing. A little <laughs> bit of like the filmmaking business being a metaphor for the mafia itself because yeah. he's like, no, no, I'm... I'm, I'm the, the head. Boss. I'm the boss of this family. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't do that. You don't step out of line. You I'm can talk to Brandon. this person, but you can't talk to this person. Only I'm allowed to talk to this other person, and you need to just let me tie your tie. <laughs> yeah. And then we find out about an Air France delivery, and there's going to be a big robbery. And I only bring this up because this is this is how they make their money early on, but that's not why. We have this great little three-person uh, interview at, uh, at the restaurant. And I said to everybody, do you recognize that guy over there? Because we have Ray Liotta, De Niro, and a third guy named Mike Starr. And Mike Starr might not be a big deal unless you've seen The Office. I really no, recognize him. I haven't. This guy offers Michael insurance and they think he's a mobster. Okay. Now, I did not know this. <laughs> this is even funnier if you go, if you, it's the guy it's from, the guy Goodfellas. from Goodfellas. who is a mobster. Because the whole joke is not all Italian Americans are mobsters, right? But it's yeah. funnier if it's you. It's him. I did right. not. I uh, wish yeah. I'd known this now. Yeah. Like when I saw I that and go gone, that that's extra funny. It. It's so yeah. good. I think I recognized him from something else. You probably did, but yeah. I recognized him from that. And I thought anybody who's an office fan like myself would appreciate that. And this is where we meet Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci. Who is great in this film? He is good. He is great. Like, I'm not saying he's a likable he character. He's the guy who shoots everybody. He's Tommy. 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 With the glasses. No, little no. Tommy, who's like... He, he does all the stabbing. The, mo- the mother. Do I amuse you? Yeah, oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, he goes yeah, to his yeah. mother, doesn't he, and say, can I borrow this knife? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so Joe Pesci was in his 40s, but the character he's playing is supposed to be in his 20s. Yeah. Excuse keep... me, don't spoil the age game. Because <laughs> they keep calling... I'm sorry. Because they keep calling... Well, now we know he's in his 40s. But they keep calling him um, a kid. And I'm like, he ain't a kid. No. <laughs> Pesci might be the oldest one. I don't know. I, I don't look that part up. Um, but according to Pesci, uh, the 
improvisation we talked about in the ad-libbing came out of rehearsals when Scorsese let them do whatever they wanted to. Um, and according to Henry Hill, whose life was the basis for the book and film, uh, his portrayal of Tommy DeSimone was 90 to 99% accurate. The only difference is the real Tommy is like a massive man. Wow. <laughs> He's like huge. <laughs> Which I think it worked having Pesci because it's, like yeah. it's like little man syndrome. Yeah, this, isn't it? So that's why he's such a he's such a hothead because yeah. he's got a Napoleonic complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've worked with a couple of guys who were small uh, in the factory and had 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 tempers mm-hmm. and like they were always trying to like you know they had chip on their shoulder, always trying to prove they they, they were tough enough or big enough. It's like little dogs that get really small yappy, do- small isn't dog it? Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Um, then we get the, the the scene, which is the iconic scene that most people leave from this movie. What, am I a clown? Do I amuse you? I'm yeah. funny how? And so this story uh, is actually an event that Pesci experienced himself. Oh. Pesci was a waiter, and he thought he was trying to give a compliment to a mobster by trying to say he was funny. So in this case, Pesci in real life is doing the Henry Hill bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so the comment was not taken well, and so he ran with it. And in rehearsals, um, they didn't smarten up Leota or De Niro or anybody to what was going to happen, and they just said, run with it. And so basically that whole confusion and him keeping going was he just sort of did it one day, and they're like, oh. So that awkwardness kind of was probably born out of like the real first, cool. first go at it, which I thought was really, really cool. Mm. Um, and the test audiences we talked about earlier, uh, one of their favorite scenes was that, do I amuse you? What am I a clown? Do I make you laugh? So for our two newbies, cause I, I see it and I know what it is. Yeah. Th- did this scene stand out for you guys? I was confused to begin with. I think I was probably like, I was the Harry Hill in the situation going. Henry. 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 That's cause Harry Hill's a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> very different character. Henry. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Um, Kind of going, what is what's going on? I thought he was. I thought they were like, and then thinking that this other guy was taking yeah. it much too far. Yeah, and then well, then when it I broke, think, I was like, oh okay. I think especially because we've been taught that like we're following Henry. Henry's story, right? <laughs> and so we're with him, and we want it to be over, and for Henry, the character we've been aligned to and told to care about, mm. I think we want to see him safe, and so we're like, please let this be over. I and it thought, keeps going on. Yeah, I just thought the other character took it. Too far, yeah. and I was kind of going, well, I don't understand what's going on. Ellie? Yeah, I'm not sure I entirely understood what was going on either, but... Um, oh? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, See, I guess it was kind of a, an early insight into his... Well, I guess, I don't know whether it was an early insight into his temper, because he wasn't... Because he was uh, just taking the piss, as it turns out, but then... Oh, I don't think... I don't think he I, was... No, I, no, I think if Henry answers the wrong way, he's yeah, dead. Yeah, Like, there's nothing in this, you know... He, he, what he wants is the other guy just to roll over at some point. As long yeah. as you can roll over and let him look like the big shot at the end, of he's it. okay. And you can laugh. He's okay, and he'll still bully. But he, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, he pushes him back a couple of times. He does. He's Henry, going. Henry he's going, repeats it, which is going, why I you're thought... a funny guy. But he waits till everyone's laughing, and there's a group. I mean, and, he's, and, and Tommy's not big yet. No. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. This is our first thing we see him do, though, because this lets us go. Shoot, Tommy's. Tommy. If that, if that Tommy's time, a little unhinged, and he's yeah, he's very unhinged. Yeah. yeah. That especially is the word, especially because we saw him earlier with with, with the stabbing. So yeah, even yeah, though yeah. in 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 our experience of a narrative, we've seen him before mm-hmm. in the plot of the film, if you will. This is kind of the first, the earliest calendar year we see him, and we're like, oh shoot, he's he was like this to begin with. Now what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, what do I have? I almost had him for. Oh yeah, this is okay. So of course he says about to his to his uh, colleagues, oh, I almost had him. I had him really thinking. And Henry pushes back a bit with the whole, you know, you're still a funny guy, but he <laughs> yeah. makes sure he never stops laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ray Liotta's laugh 
Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> a character laugh, isn't it? Oh, I just don't understand it. I... Like, he's got all of his teeth out and he yeah. throws his head back and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice this. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh my goodness, it's oh. iconic. But there's a million gifs of it as well. Yeah, but no, like he, And he always had this like this like high-pitched kind of thing, but he laughs with... I know it's just sound weird. What do you mean? He, of course everybody laughs with their whole face, but he laughs with his mm. whole face. Like his teeth are out oh, yeah. like, as if he's got no lips. And his eyes are, like, and his eyes are massive. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird. So this is when the manager comes over and says to him, you owe $7,000. And we've just been shown how crazy Tommy is. And that's how crazy he is with someone he's tight with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let alone when somebody's not. And so he makes this point, like you're embarrassing me in front of my friends, which I guess that's true. But when are you ever going to not be in here with your friends, Tommy? Yeah. And also, why does he owe $7,000 to this person? Well, because he's just been really, f- like, running up the bill, running right? Up the put it on my tab. Put it on my yeah. tab. Okay. And so he hits the guy on the head with like the bottle, and makes him go, and really like bullies him. He does in his own restaurant, and um, and then this is when <laughs> one more time Harry's got to go. Henry's got to go. You're a funny guy. <laughs> and he pulls the gun out and is like, "Oh sh!" Like I think it's setting us up for what's going to happen the rest of the film. Yeah. And this is when the manager has been beat up. Goes with uh, Henry to see Polly about uh, what to do with this and. He's like, look, I need my $7,000. I can't have him doing this in my place of business. And uh, if it looked like Polly was a little bit confused by some of this, it's because Martin Scorsese told the guy playing Sonny, the restaurant manager, to improvise more lines for his character without telling Paul Sorvino uh-huh. that he was going to do it. So he's like, what do you want me to do? He's a bad egg. He went, well, what do you want me to do? Just keep, just keep going. Make him look even more confused. So his confused reaction is legitimate. Because he doesn't know. He's like, what are you doing? That's so good. And so the plan is, you need to get you in on the restaurant business. And then, you know, Tommy can't take advantage anymore. And then a bunch of other things. But at one point, he goes, what should I do? Well, Tommy, should I shoot him? And he goes, well, might not be a bad, bad idea. idea. And then yeah. he instantly backs off when he realizes Paul isn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this gets the idea that Paulie's aware of, the, of Tommy and what he is. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He ain't stupid. And so they run a bunch of stuff out of the restaurant, and yeah, and they do everything they need to do until it's time to burn it down because it served its purpose. So we'll burn it once we can't borrow any more money. And this really acts as a setup for a conversation because Tommy wants to date this Jewish girl, but she won't go out with him unless they can get a double date. Double date, yeah. And so this is when we get Henry meeting Karen, mm-hmm. whose name I forgot the whole time we were watching. You I kept did. going, what's her name again? What's her name again? And now I've got it, I think. It's my mum's name, so she's I didn't tr- forget it. She's trying to complain to the manager. She yeah. is. Um, and so <laughs> at first he's like, Henry's like, no, I don't want to do this. And ever the romantic, Tommy comes out with, look, I'm trying to bang this bra. Will you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and all the while, the, the restaurant's burning down behind yeah. them as they're doing this conversation. And then at this point, we have an, like, we know it's going to be a big deal because for the first time in the film, we're about 35 minutes in. The voiceover swaps. Yes. Yeah. And we have Lorraine Bracco as Karen now doing a voiceover, which was like, whoa, I forgot this happened. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was coming and I kind of went, yeah. oh, okay, is he about to die or something? Is she taking <laughs> over? Well, I'll tell you what, the date's dying a slow death because <laughs> yeah. she's, you can, and the body language, you know, mm. you can see, you know, um, you know, Tommy's not wrong. He's trying to bang this broad. Yeah. And yet, and yet the other two, they're like completely, he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I don't know why Henry's such a. No, I don't. I don't know why he's so desperate to get out of there. He said he had some sort of job on, but I think he just needs to. He just doesn't want to be there. Oh, okay. Maybe he doesn't want to be with Tommy. I wouldn't want to be with Tommy. No. Yeah. 
and so to research her role, Lorraine Bracco, who would play Karen. Karen. Yep. Uh, tried to get close to a mob wife, but she, she wasn't able to because they exist in a very tight-knit community. So mm. she decided not to meet the real Karen, saying she thought it would be better if the creative idea came from her. But she used her life with her parents as the linchpin for the character. Oh, okay. Which is why we see kind of yeah, the idea yeah, yeah. about my parents and how important they are. And yeah. da, 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 da. Um, she found the shoot to be a mostly difficult one because, and we'll talk about the end of the film for sure, there's so many men mm-hmm. and so few women, which yeah. if you've got to complain about a Scorsese film, it might be this because Scorsese just usually has men yeah. everywhere and one women my, aren't represented that well. One of my biggest issues with this film is that there are so many different people that I really struggled to keep track of. There's, who a, was huge, who. there's a huge cast. I really, really yeah. struggled. Yeah. That's why when you just say Tommy, I was like, I have no idea which one okay. that is. Yeah. Um, and she realized if she didn't make her work important, it would end up on the cutting room floor. Uh, which, you know, yeah, fair she's play. Got, she's got a point. So when it can time the relationship between uh, Henry and Karen, Bracco saw no difference between an abused wife and her character, which I think is a fair statement. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then Henry stands her up on the second date, and she goes looking for him. And this is when his eyes spark up, and he goes, oh. He needs a ballsy woman, doesn't okay, he? Okay, yeah. This bit. I could I could definitely use some of this because yeah. she like yells at him in front of everybody, <laughs> all of his boys. Proper shows him. And up, at this point, like he's like smitten now, and he's yeah. like putting the charm on. I think that was a sure thing, like a date that he had. Yeah. And she would have gone for the double date, and it's because who stands me up? And he's like, oh, I like this mm. because he's given everything in life, and for the first time, he's got like a bit of a challenge and a need to show off. Yeah. So really, kind of interesting. Uh, but even if he has to lie and say he's half Jewish. <laughs> And this sets up the the date, just the two of them, with the long tracking shot as they walk through the kitchen and they walk around that he's paying everybody off 20 bucks, just like we saw De Niro do in the first scene. Yep. And you might think, man, Scorsese is a genius. This clearly shows like how he's trying to seduce this girl and showing the lavishness, how everybody knows him. Well, actually, it's because the filmmakers couldn't get permission to go in the short way and told them to go around the back. So they thought they'd use it for part of the film. It worked really well. It's so, sometimes I mean, there's a great story about Spielberg and Jaws where he shoots in the perspective of the, of the shark because the shark broke. Yeah. So he couldn't do it from the, the angle he wanted to do it as. Same idea. You just take it and go, how can I use this? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it turns into gold. Didn't he break it because he was playing with it like the night before? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> apparently, apparently we have Scorsese. Okay. That, yeah. is, that is how the legend goes. Yeah. He had Scorsese and a couple of directors and said, you got to see Bruce the Shark. Lucas, wasn't it? Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. They, were, they were all friends at the time. They, they, were, they were drinking. And he goes, yeah. you got to check out the shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he breaks it. <laughs> <laughs> so Scorsese uh, decided to film the whole thing in one unbroken shot to symbolize, like we said, that Henry's life was ahead of him. And it's about his seduction of Karen, but also the seduction of a lifestyle to him as well. Mm-hmm. He's being seduced. He finally gets to be that guy. Just like it was respect they carried my mother's groceries. Every they bring out a table for him. They put it at the front. At the front, yeah. The businessmen send him over a bottle of wine. The singing nods to him. Yeah, and so she goes, "What do you do?" He goes, "I'm in construction." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that. Oh, I'm, I'm the union rep. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking on his feet. And this Air France deal makes Henry. He makes a lot of money in a case, and. Um, yeah, she doesn't think there's anything weird about that because she's being seduced just like he's being seduced by the lifestyle. She likes this. She likes the power. Love is blind, isn't it? Yeah. At this point. And this is where we meet Maury. And I, as like a little understated part, I really like Maury. <laughs> yeah, because... Especially he, the he, ad for the wicks. <laughs> he flipped like a coin, didn't he? Yeah. He's very submissive or yeah. he was really arrogant and he was, aggressive. He had no medium ground. He no. was either like... 
all my money now. Or yeah, he was yeah. like, I'm everybody's friend. <laughs> yeah. And so Maury's wigs and uh, he's like, and, and this is where, you know, Henry's trying to collect money on behalf of Jimmy. And Maury's eloquent response is, fuck him in the ear. Because like, that's not really good. You know, it's really good. Fuck him in the other ear. And then, <laughs> I of course, really liked that. And then, and, and then Jimmy comes out and like Maury rolls, okay, I'll get him for you. I'll get him for you. Because he uh, wraps the phone cord around his neck. Oh, does he? he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's holding him around his neck. Meanwhile, the phone rings. Yeah. And like Karen somehow knew to reach him at Maury's wigs. That's funny. And this is where we find out. But a tennis player who we'd met just a couple scenes before, who we got the, her neighbor who was sweet on her. Mm-hmm. Lives across the street. Lives across the street. Uh, he got he got handsy and then pushed her up a little bit, and she's scared. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how far anything went, but we know that she's hurt and scared and all yeah. that stuff. So he goes over, and um, he pistol whips this guy. Big time. <laughs> Big time. All in one take. They don't change the angle. They just, no. we, just, we just have to watch. It's brutal. Much like his two buddies did. We, mm. we just watch. His two buddies were yuppies. They weren't going to do anything. No. They just drink. The one's drinking a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that product placement. Yep. And he goes to Karen and goes, here, hide this. And it's this gun with like blood. And not just blood. There's like other, uh, other yeah. parts on this. Yeah. Oh, uh. I was like skull for, Oh, it's not good. <laughs> Teeth. Yep, and Michael Ugh. Michael Bauhaus, who was the director of cinematography or director of photography, sorry, for the uh, film, said this scene was the most violent scene he ever had to film in his career. And if you think about, we don't zoom in, we don't close no. up, we don't see his face getting splattered with blood from underneath. I think it's just like this one continuous shot, and we don't even get relief from like a cut would help. And the we, fact that he uh, he hits him just several times, and then he's about to give up, and then he goes in again. Yeah, you know he don't he don't he just makes sure he's really hurt him. It's so brutal. I had a note on this, and I seem to have deleted it somehow, but I believe what I remember reading is that um, Ray Liotta had a parent who, who had died of cancer or something like this, yeah. and he used his anger at that situation. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. It's right here. Thank you. His mother died of cancer during filming, and Liotta said that he used his anger over losing his mother for certain scenes, including the pistol whipping scene was a big one, where sort of he attacks cancer by yeah, attacking this, yeah, this, yeah. this guy. Wow. And uh, God bless the actor on the other side of that. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a prop gun, but jeez. Yeah. And we get the voiceover going, I know I should have been scared the moment he handed, that should have been it when he handed me that gun, <laughs> but I, I liked it or something like that. Yeah. Like, it turned me on. It turned me on. Me on. Like, I wasn't yeah. sure if she said that. It was in yeah, my head. Yeah. Say that. Turned me on. And we go from that to like the foot coming down on the glass and mm. it's muzzle top of a Jewish <laughs> yeah. wedding, which is great because we know he's not Jewish. Yeah. And there's just this line of people who were just a? We find out everybody's name is Marie. Yeah, and or Paul or Pete. Yeah, and they've all got yeah. and they're all kissing her on the cheek, and it's like the same shot with different actors, all kissing on the cheek, all handing over envelopes, and it's the same envelope. Yeah, like it's the same like best wishes envelope. Some are thicker than others, though. Yeah, they're definitely made out all right with yeah, this one. Yeah, absolutely. And at one point, they're dancing. She goes, "Oh, what, what about the bag with all our money?" He's like, "No one's stealing the bag no. here." <laughs> and so he's living at home. And uh, mom, mom-in-law doesn't like this because he's out all night with Tommy and he comes home. She definitely knows by this point that he's not Jewish. Yes. <laughs> and comes home middle of the night and she's like, the two women like rush to the door to like get to him first. Dad's still asleep on the sofa. He, he could care. care. <laughs> and, and the mother-in-law is like, yeah, we know you're a married man. You should be home. And he just laughs at her, goes back in the car with Tommy. <laughs> yeah. off. Even Tommy's giving him a hard time. Oh, jeez. He? He's like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> And this is where Karen's upset about what happens if you go to jail because she went to some party. I, as a scene, I didn't really need. There's a whole scene yeah, yeah. about men and mafia wives getting mafia their wives. Facials and done and they're stuff. all ugly yeah, and talking yeah, yeah. about what happens if their husbands go to jail. 
and um, maybe it's just to give him a bit of screen time. Yeah, and so uh, female just, representation. Yeah, nobody yeah. gets to, nobody goes to jail, and this is what he's like. He's literally, and this leads to like like the one sex scene we get in the whole movie. Yeah, is like about nobody going to jail. There's and, actually unless they some want side to. boob, tasteful yeah, side, boob. tasteful side boob, yeah. Yeah. with a little bit of nipple, a little bit of areola. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And um, we and, and that's that long lingering shot as his hand yeah, moves. Yeah, the yeah. camera sort of follows mm-hmm. the hand again. Female representation. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, but we do get a nice bit, and I did appreciate that we got some voiceovers from Karen. And Karen yeah, talks yeah. about when the police come by, she'd always offer him coffee. I like that her reasoning was because if not, she had to clean up her oh, own spit off of her like, own floor. So <laughs> <laughs> his wife spits on the yeah. floor. She's like, why are you spitting on your own floor? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I agree. Yeah, made That's sense to me. a stupid thing to that do. It is a stupid thing. And um, then she, <laughs> we see, uh, and life's good for Henry and, and family uh, financially. And he goes to leave and she goes, oh, I'm going shopping. And he goes, how much money do you need? And she just like moves her fingers a couple of inches yeah. apart, like the stack this of bills. <laughs> And then she kind of disappears out of the shot a little bit. Oh, it's not even not like fully out of the shot. <laughs> not and and sort of no. cups his groin, and you can imagine you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Oh, all right." He hands like a bigger <laughs> one, <laughs> which I thought, uh, as weird as it sounds, I liked this because she's playing him. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm okay with the fact, and he knows he's being played too. Yeah, but I'm okay. Every, in a sense, everybody's grifting in their own way to get cash. Yeah, of course. And she's no different than him. She's just playing the hand she's been dealt. Yeah. Literally. That was not his hand. <laughs> <laughs> it was her hand, though. Well done. Um, and so this is where we go back to 1970s New York and Queens. And so some guy has gotten out of jail. He's been released after six years in the clink. And he's, I guess he's at a restaurant or a bar that, um, that Henry owns. It's Henry's bar. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very oh, much Henry's bar. Okay. Oh, Henry locks the door. Tommy apologizes for getting blood on his carpet. It's definitely Henry's oh, bar. Okay. Oh, okay. That's why Henry offers him drinks on the house, all that stuff. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's some animosity because I guess in the six years they've been gone, you know, 20-something-year-old Joe Pesci yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has risen up from shoeshine boy to, you know, hot shot in the, in the, in the mafia. Yeah. And so he's giving him a hard time and says, oh, he used to be a shoeshine boy. And he does needle him. He does. And of he course, does, but he's a made man. So He's a made man. And of course, which explains why he still does it, which I didn't get at the time. Yeah. So Tommy gets really hot and bothered. And he goes, look, look, we're just, we're just having some fun. It's all we're doing. We're just having some fun. It's all right. He goes, okay, okay. You're, I thought you were trying to embarrass me. No, I'm not trying to embarrass you. Okay, great, great, right. And he, Tommy goes back to his date, and he's with a date, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes... Go home and get your fucking shoe shine box or something <laughs> like that. And that's and so Tommy's lost it. Like, get out of get out, get out, get out, get out. And to his credit, he said before the second part of this comes off, I'm like, good for Jimmy, because Jimmy apologizes, drinks on the house, all that stuff. And he goes, You know, I didn't insult him, right? He said, ah, you, you did insult him. Yeah. You did a bit. And yeah, he goes, yeah. No, no, no. He goes, No, no, you did no, a you bit. Did. Yeah. yeah. And they pacify him. The guy, his, 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 everybody else from his party disappears, Why which seems, seems strange. Because they always stick together. Yeah. Like his girlfriend or wife or whatever mm. goes home, and it's just him and Jimmy, which seems str- odd to me. Mm, very odd. And then Tommy comes back and beats the just living that, crap out yeah. of him. And De Niro joins in. It's De Niro's face. That makes me, that makes me laugh. Which actually, oh, no, that's later. So yeah. So it's, it's De Niro's face, and they're kicking and they're hoofing. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. So Jimmy, it's like he's taking pleasure in this. 
Well, I think we realize later what we, we don't we don't we don't find out that they need to use Tommy, and it might explain why De Niro uh, and Leota don't ever cut ties with Tommy. They need Tommy for yeah, for a reason yeah. that gets brought up later. Yeah, and so um, they have Tommy in the uh, sorry they've got the guy in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. They stab him. They shoot him. They go. We go. What are we gonna do? Let's go to Tommy's mother's house because he goes. My mother's got a shovel. So they go to the house. And he goes, well, maybe mom's not. And then mom's, mom's awake. You don't want to wake her up. And then mom's awake. She is. And Liam, you had a theory as to who you thought this little old lady was. Yeah. She looked too familiar to me. Like she was, I don't know, the way she looked was either Pesci's mum or Scorsese's mum yeah. or something or somebody, somebody's mother. Well, the actress's name is Catherine Scorsese. Oh, there we are then. <laughs> <laughs> I did say Scorsese so, to start with, did, didn't I? Yeah. So, so, yeah, you kind of hedged here. I was, yeah, covering yeah. Your, I was hoping you just go, yes, I thought maybe it's Scorsese's mom. But yeah. Um, so when directing his mother, Martin Scorsese doesn't tell her that her character's son has just killed someone. Instead, she said, look, they're just home from work for dinner and cook the meal. Cook them a meal. And if you look closely enough, G- uh, Jimmy is eating an Irish meal. Everybody yeah. else is eating an Italian meal. And the dinner scene was almost completely improvised, including Tommy asking his mother if he could borrow her butcher's knife <laughs> and Jimmy's <laughs> comment about the hoof. <laughs> All improv. That's so good, though. He's, like he's, he's poor. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. She delivers the lines very, very well. Yeah. In a, in a, in a kind it's of a slight be- comedic. It's a believable. Yeah. You can tell she's not an actress. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. But she feels auth- like a little authentic little old Italian yeah. lady. So she reminded me of um, the, the uh, older, you know, the Golden Girls? Oh, yeah, yeah. The little old lady in that. Yeah, what the way she name? talks. Uh, I don't remember, but I, can, I know exactly you know who I mean, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Sophia was the character's name, but yeah. And so... Um, after Joe Pesci's actual mother saw the film, she said the movie was good, but asked him if he had to curse so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the real, well, sorry, the, back to the movie, mom. Um, she asks uh, Tommy, why don't you get yourself a nice girl? To which point he goes, I get myself a nice girl almost every night. Why don't you settle down? I settle down with her every night. And then every morning, hey, I'm free again. <laughs> and I'm like, don't know if this is the kind of way you're bragging about your sex life to your mom. But then he makes it all better by going, goes, I love you're you. The you're the lady in my life in my and life. kisses her. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good son. To her. What a smooth guy. Well, you can't be a good son to someone else, can you? Is he a good no, son? No, I mean, like, in the mob. Like, like the Craze weren't great people, but they were, they were to their mother. No, and this is, this, you know is, I mean? this is the irony of him, right? He's yeah. so sweet at home and he's so deranged everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and she says, you don't, it's interesting. Goes, you don't talk too much mm. to Henry. Again, a nice little bit of foreshadowing yeah, for later. Of course, right? yeah. And the problem with his death, though, is we find out now through a voiceover that the guy who they killed was a made guy. And you have to have approval if you're going to kill a made guy. Along this way, we find out that Henry's got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Saturdays were for the wives and Fridays were for the girlfriends. <laughs> it's Imagine nice that being they- a staff member there. Well, I think you kept your mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but it'd just be really interesting what to happened, see the different. What happened when a girlfriend going? turned into a wife? You're like, oh no, we we go on Saturdays now. Yeah, Why yeah, don't we yeah. go on Friday? Wait, what happened? Oh, they're all on <laughs> Maybe you only go in there if you're already married. I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think. I think if you're a mistress, that's your Friday. Yeah, I don't think if mistress you're, Friday. You're just like someone that. dating. You don't bring them. Nope. You don't Not bring them. No. Um, and so they have to dig the dead guy back up because they're putting condominiums. Oh. And I don't really know if this scene was necessary for much besides the fact that it was gross. Yeah, it was. I think it was supposed to be slightly funny. 
I guess. But, but of course, it's a weird it thing where like, you get the idea that Tommy, ironically, isn't doing a lot of digging. No. no. It's mainly you get the idea, Henry and Jimmy, and Tommy's just kind of there for the ride. Can you explain to me why they had to stick him up, please? Because they're build putting condominiums up. So when they put Good condominiums up, they'd have found the, the remains. Thank you, Georgia. You're welcome. Oh, condo, you didn't know condominium was, was a flat? There's a condo, right? Yeah. Condo, yeah. A condo is like, is like, is like, is like yeah, I'm a just, building. I'm yeah. just used to them being called condos or, you know, something not Apartments. American. <laughs> yeah. So this is where everybody goes to, like, the girlfriend's house. And we are like, hey, I called it the real girlfriends of New Jersey. But, you know, they're just kind of like, and there's more cheating that goes on there. And this is where we get a little double scene with Spider. Yes. Played by Michael Imperioli. And Spider, who admits like he was so young and was acting with like these heavyweights. He's like, I really wasn't in the film. We're like, well, no, you're in the film. He's like, no, like those other guys were in the film. I like, thought he made a good impression. I just got to hang out with him for a bit. Yeah. Um, I thought he did because for some reason, it's an, I don't know because he's like a little guy or something like that or a thin guy, but for some reason, like Tommy really takes a dislike to him and is like, bring me my drink. And he does almost, it's almost a repeat of the, what am I, of that he, confusing he dis- anger he, thing he does with, with Henry at the start. Yeah, he, he takes a dislike to him because um, he did, doesn't get him the drink. He gets Henry the drink. Well, he just says, come over here. And he goes, you all right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But then it, rather than just go back... They have to drag it out, and yeah. you're like, okay, and you're kind of going, dude, just, 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 please, just do whatever just he wants. Say, sorry, sorry, mate, I'll sorry, get you your drink now. I will now. get you a drink now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which he basically kind of did. It felt no, like it was didn't. supposed to be like racism or something because the guy playing Spider isn't white, is he? No, he's Italian, but he looks. I don't, is he definitely just Italian? Because he looked more. He His name is Michael Imperioli. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's the lighting then, because he looked could be. more. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but the idea being that he's just, you know, he has to take it. Yeah, and yeah. Tommy's a bully. Yeah. And so he is. Uh, and so um, there's a scene in the middle where there's fighting between, you know, because Karen thinks he's cheating and he's yeah, not. Yeah. But we go back here again. And uh, he shot, he shoots Spider in the foot in the, in the first film, uh, first first scene. We come back to it. And the scene in which Tommy kills Spider is mostly improvised with the only scripted line with Spider's, why don't you go fuck yourself, Tommy? Uh, and at this point I like that line I like the fact that everyone's like yeah good for you way to stand up but then as soon as he leaves for a moment yeah. you see Jimmy going to Tommy you gonna take that yeah you gonna let him take that what, what, are you, what are you gonna do about that what are you gonna do about that now this is fine if it's Henry yes yeah. but they know what Tommy's but, like, like you've just dug and re-dug up some dead body already because he can't handle this yeah and so he shoots him like five times in the chest and Joe Pesci said he found it really hard this is the scene he really had a hard time with. He said, I don't know how my character, I don't know how to justify the fact my character does this. Oh, okay. the, other, the other ones I get, yeah, yeah. but not yeah, this one. The other guy's actually being a dick. This guy just forgot to get him his drink. And so he really had to get into forget. a bit of a space to sort of make this happen. Uh, and during the scene where he dies, uh, Michael Imperioli breaks a glass in his hand and had to be rushed to the emergency room. And when the doctor saw what appeared to be a gunshot wound in his chest, they tried to treat the fake gunshot wound. <laughs> <laughs> um, and good. so when Imperioli told them what really happened, um, he was made to then wait for three hours before they'd fix his hand. Uh. Um, Martin Scorsese told them, though, you will tell that story one day on The Tonight Show. And he did in 1992. Oh, that's cool. No, sorry. And he did so in 2000. Apologies. 2000. In March 2000. He was doing something else, but he told the story about this. So that was quite interesting. Uh, Karen, can, we, we get this great double shot where Karen's decided she's going to confront people. And the first one's outside on the intercom. Yep. Love that. Very good. But, you know. Yeah. I was going to say it's a bit slut shamey, but on the flip side, no, because you're married. You're married. You're yeah, married. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she really does love him. And that's what drives her to do it. 
Um, so on the intercom, and all of a sudden, I'm going to tell everybody that in 2D, there's a whore. <laughs> and he goes to the superintendent, I want you to know the woman in 2D is a whore. I thought it was 2R. Is it 2R? 2R. Stay away say. from married men. I don't, I, it's fine. But she's doing, yeah, just don't, don't, don't necessarily need to call her a whore. She's sleeping with your husband. That doesn't necessarily make her a whore. That just makes her a the bit i yeah. the bit i find hard is her with the kids the doing kids all this. the kids got to hear a lot and even in the earlier yeah. scene when he says you're crazy and she's like i don't want to you're good. yeah i find that There's, hard and, and scorsese makes sure that we see the kids are watching mm-hmm. this yeah and then we have a shot of from henry's perspective and it's a focus pull so the guns in focus and you he wakes up and you see the gun and then the focus shifts to her face holding the gun you're like oh shoot or, or don't. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a quicker film if she did. And then uh, she says something like, you know, why should uh And you hear the voiceover from her perspective saying, but I'm still attra- not I'm in love with him. I'm still attracted to him, she says. Mm. And says, why should I give him to someone else? Because that's why what Why should in the first she place. win? She what, was attraction? turned on. Yeah. I, I, it's a, I don't think it's love. I no. think it's just it's seduction. Lust. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he pulls the gun on her, and she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now, a lot of things in this film that Henry does, I'm not on board with, but he woke up to a gun in his face. Yeah. So that's... How do you like it, <laughs> is what he says, doesn't I, he? I, you pull a gun on me? Um, I'm not, uh, like that, that's, that's a huge thing. Because that's an equalizer. That's what the gun is, isn't it? <sighs> it does show the power disparity. This is the only chance she can get to take him seriously. Yeah. But, like, she's... She'd shot him. Would I have been surprised? Probably not. I would have been if she shot him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because she's she's only want to frighten him. I think she's just so scared and so angry. This is the one move she has. Yeah, yeah. And so um, he's told. So all the mob comes over because he, obviously he leaves and goes to his girlfriend's place. The mistress. Yeah. And the mob comes over and they all say. You know you got to go home. Right? <laughs> yeah. You can't stay here. And he's like, gotta looking around. Got to keep up appearances. Got to keep up appearances. Got back to the family. Because the family is an important thing here. Yeah. The funny thing is, if they hadn't have intervened, he would have never gone back. No, I think you're right. I don't think he would have done. No. That's too much hassle, too much worry. That's too right. Much, yeah. And so um, then he gets told to go home. But first, go to Tampa for a couple of days. There's a job I want you and Jimmy to do. And they go and they rough up some guy. And it just happens the guy they rough up. His sister's in the FBI. Or like, yeah. as a reporter for the FBI. She's a typist. Typist. And so everybody gets dropped as a result of this. And Henry and Jimmy both get 10 years. And for wise guys, uh, prison's a restaurant, is what I discovered. Mm. For those together, apart from Jimmy, I don't, because you don't see Jimmy in prison, do you? He's no, in Jimmy's in a different prison. prison. He's in a different prison. But, you know, because of Paulie being in there, yeah. being the top guy, a yeah. bit more cushy. Oh, very much so. you go to a different prison. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're not the top guy, do you no, know what I mean? Absolutely. So he had never had it like they had it. And so we see Vinny with the onions because they're making sauce. And they go, hey, Vinny, don't put too many onions in. He goes, I won't put too many onions in. <sighs> Scorsese's dad. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, I missed that one. So yeah, I was, I was, I was sitting there going, I was looking at you kind of going, I'm like, yes, you didn't get this one. I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just instinct with his mother. I just yeah, seemed she, a bit... she had a bigger role, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, 
Karen goes to visit Henry and sees Vicky's name on the list, and that does not go well. She starts, get her to sneak this in, and this, and this. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the world's greatest hiding coat, because she's got like, it's like almost Mary Poppins. Yeah. That's the amount of stuff she's pulling out I of love his jacket. The, I love the prison warden. He just looks, it, goes, is it is making us Because he, okay. he knows it's happening. Oh, of course he does. And uh, he's like, oh no, and now everyone's watching. Do I do something or but do he, I not? He, he does manage to sort of end it just yeah. in time. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to four years later. And Henry is out and Karen's like looking like all sexy against the car. Yeah. All tell me about it, stud. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, Henry wants, gets home and he goes, we got to move. And I guess it's just so we can see their crappy place in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Because it really is like 1970s hell threw up all over this place. <laughs> Um, but they're off to Uncle Polly's, and um, Polly's brings them back into the family. You're loved, you're all this stuff, but says basically, don't do coke. Yeah. Don't sell coke. I know what you had to do in prison. Yeah. And we're not really told what that is yet. And then we find out, I think he means drugs. Yeah, yeah. We saw I think him with some drugs, drugs in prison, though, didn't we? Did yeah. we? I missed that. Okay. Yeah, so when, he he's, on, when they he? start their meal, after he's given them the alcohol to have with the meal, yeah. the wine, he stays on the bed and he's looking through pills and stuff. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Maybe there was some pocket. coke there as well. But yeah, yeah he is, he's got like a big bag of pills. And this is where we meet Sandy. And Sandy is a girl we met at the girlfriend scene earlier. And he gave her the moment. eyes. There's a moment, yeah. Mm. And now she's here to help out with the cocaine. And it's something about Scorsese and cocaine that he has to include the song Sympathy for the Devil I think it is Yeah, it was something by the Rolling Stones I forget what it was I think it was Sympathy for the Devil I don't think it was Sympathy for the no, Devil no Sympathy for the Devil was like pleased to meet you yeah. hope you get mad it wasn't that it was, no. it was a Gimme Shelter it's just a shadow way yeah yeah yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Gimme yeah, Shelter yeah, yeah. so it's something about Gimme Shelter and cocaine in a Scorsese movie because I, I think right. it's the same combination I think in The Departed oh okay I'm sure of it and so Jimmy and Tommy come on board to help move drugs to Pittsburgh there's a remodeled house, like I said, it's garbage late 1970s, and then we find out about the big deal, the Lufthansa heist. And this is where we meet Stax Edwards. Stax Yay. Edwards, played by... Samuel L. Jackson. I, I did not realize that the first time I saw this movie that that was Samuel Jackson. I didn't. No. I didn't, I didn't. and you guys were going, oh my God, did you see who that was? And well, I was like... Oh, that was Liam. I was trying no. to keep it quiet. Oh. I, I wanted this, but no, it's good that you saw it, because I was going to go... Do you guys notice it was Samuel Jackson? Yeah, yeah, because I was surprised as well. I don't think I'd have picked it up unless Liam said anything. He looks so skinny. So skinny, I did, didn't he? I saw it on the, when I was looking for the age game. So I did already know oh, before the podcast, okay. but I didn't see it at all so, when we were doing it. And then Maury wants an advance. <laughs> he, this is the start of Maury's subplot of, I'm going to ask for money. Yeah. Uh, which is ironic, considering like he wouldn't pay Polly earlier. Which is film. weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Candy keeps snorting coke, and he says, even with all the amounts she's snorting, we still made. She snorted more than she packed, but we yeah. still made enough money to make it worth our while. Um, and we don't hear about the heist. We only find out when Henry does. It. So it was weird. I thought we get to like, go and see the heist in action. I'd like to see that. And we, but I think because Henry doesn't isn't part of it, obviously. Oh, he no. just hears about it. That's so true, we yeah. find out when he finds out, and he's overjoyed. And that's good later on, though, isn't it? And this <laughs> should have been the end of it, as he says in the voiceover. This should have set us up for life, and instead. Everybody starts buying big ticket items. Mm. Best demonstrated by the pink Cadillac. Pink Cadillac. He says, don't, don't buy anything big. And then this mink, one guy mink, buys mink, like yeah. a pink Cadillac. He goes, oh, it's okay. It was a wedding present. It was wedding like somehow. For my mom. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. How, how'd your mom afford it? Yeah. It doesn't get asked, but that's the question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And everyone buys expensive stuff. And Morris wants his money, or Maury wants his money. And then Henry gets taken in the back, given a big stack of cash, and says, hey, go, you know, congratulations. And then what does Henry do? 
The exact same bloody thing, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He buys the most, even it's the most expensive tree they had. And then he gives <laughs> his wife. Subtling in his house. Gives his wife some jewelry and like a stack, like the stack earlier. Like she would have had to do a lot more work to get the stack he gives her for Christmas. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and says, and says, go buy yourself something pretty. She's like, oh, I will. <laughs> and so, um, and then we find out here. Oh, just before this, sorry. Tommy shoots Stack Edwards, and we're like, shoot, Tommy's become deranged. Let me find out, actually, Tommy's acting on behalf of Jimmy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stax was supposed to dump the getaway vehicle. Instead, he takes it to his girlfriend's place and gets stoned stone and thing. gets made because yeah. of it. And so uh, we find out Polly is going to make Tommy a made man. And if you're a made man, as we found out earlier, it means no one can touch you. Mm-hmm. And um, Morris still wants his money, so Jimmy's going to whack him. And we think he's going to, well, maybe he's not, you know, even Henry's going, oh, he was really, really close to getting whacked. If only he knew. And then like two seconds later, no, no. He There's is, like yeah, a yeah. needle in the back of the head, oh, which seemed that... like a really effective way. I think I think Tommy should do this more often. That it, seems like it was it much more effective. Like ice pick, it looked like to me. And it looked like a little awl that you use in like leather work. It okay. like pokes leather through. It was just really. like stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like a thick needle with a sharp point on the end. I thought it looked like a nice pick. And Maury's wife instantly knows what's happened and goes over to the house and says, he's never stayed up this late. And we're like, no, no. And trying to do like, like the lazy lies. The fact that they don't lamb into the fold of what they've done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a turning point for him, for Henry. And then we have this piano coda from, from, from like Layla. I think this is him starting to go like, they'll, they'll, they'll kill anybody. Just get yeah. back to your point for a minute. This is him going, okay, if they'll whack him, who won't they whack? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And we have the pink Cadillac, and this is where everybody who screwed up on the job is getting killed. Yeah. And we see pink Cadillac. We see a bunch of other – the guy from the office. We see another guy who – and they're all being found in different ways in the freezer. And and apparently when they shot this, what they did – because there's no score in this movie. The, 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 there is no composer. Yeah, I thought that. It's all popular licensed music. Yeah. And so uh, Scorsese chose songs to the soundtrack that he felt commented on the scene. I think you were talking about that a little bit. Am I right? Mm, or was it you? I, so, I said later on. Someone yeah. said it feels like they really like match yeah, yeah. the scene and oh, all yeah, that, that stuff. Was Liam. And so he only used contemporary music uh, to or older than the scene settings. You don't throw in like a song from the 80s for the no, 1960s yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of non-dialogue scenes were shot to play back. For example, the, the, the Layla track... Um, he would play that piano coda as they sh- as they shot it, so he knew where he was going to put it within that sort of. Oh, that's clever. Which is, you know, shoot with the end product in mind, or yeah, really yeah, just yeah. an idea. So um, then we get to the day that Tommy gets made, and we get explained that Jimmy and Henry can never get made because they're because not they're, full Italian. Yeah, they, they are mudbloods. Yeah, to use a little <laughs> Harry Potter logic. Yep. But if Tommy gets made, it's kind of like they're all made. And Jimmy's so excited. He's like, phone me the minute it's over. And he goes to the payphone where he's supposed to figure out. But during this time, we're having a crosscut. And we see. And we had a nice little scene between Tommy and his mom. Yes. And yeah. you ha- Were you guys thinking how would, were you guys thinking he was going to get double-crossed here? Uh, I, I thought something was going to happen. You thought something was, 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 was going to happen? Because well, otherwise, why would his mum be saying things like, come home safe? I guess. Um, not exactly. I mean, I was still a little bit confused about the whole concept of getting made. When you're honest. made, you're, you're, you're untouchable. You have yeah. the seal of approval. I, I get it now, but okay. as I was watching it, I was confused. I, th- I think because I'm so used to having them being so, so over-friendly, and then you get whacked. This was what was feel to me. It felt We'd like, seen this routine a few times. Yeah, yeah. They, you, they're being too friendly. Yeah. 
And that's why I thought, oh, this is not good. The movie needs Tommy to get his, his, pay, his oh, comeuppance, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. There was no way he was not. No one's feeling, I don't think anyone's feeling sad. I don't feel sad when Tommy dies. Oh, no. 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 Like he had this coming to him a long time <laughs> long ago. Time. And to find that it was the guy who he killed who was made, that's fair. Yeah. If he's the rules of the game, he should die for this. And he knows yeah. that. Yeah. And so Jimmy just goes, oh, no. And then he like beats up a phone booth and then pushes it over, which fair play to him. Yeah. I don't think I, I'm not, I would think those things would like be more bolted down to the ground. Probably. A he did look surprised though, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the moment where he pushes yeah. it, it's like, oh, shoot. And then he goes, no, no, don't, don't break character. Don't break, yeah, he keeps going. Bill and Ted are fucked. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, we found it was revenge for Billy Bats. That's the guy's name, Billy Bats. And there's nothing we could do about it. We had to sit and take it. And then we focus a lot on Henry's last day in 1980. And there's a weird like obsession with cooking. In this day, yeah, there stir is, the sauce, there? and I think it shows because the voiceover and the dialogue are also like rapid fire, and I think it shows how much the paranoia and the cocaine is doing and, to and him. the songs as well start to get a bit absolutely more erratic. And so it was the hardest part for Scorsese to shoot because he wanted to properly show Henry's state of anxiety, paranoia, and his racing thoughts caused by his intoxication on cocaine and amphetamines. Yeah. Um. So the part that was justed the most was Henry's last day as a wise guy. Um, so the audience were really agitated by that, 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 that scene. And Scorsese went, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to see he's like completely off his head the yeah. whole time and is completely nuts. Um, but they did make the sequence faster with more jump cuts in order to uh, convey this drug addle point of view a little bit easier without making it seem... Too labored. I guess so, yeah. 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 And so, you know, there's cocaine, there's helicopters, there's a bunch of guns that apparently Jimmy wanted and now he doesn't want. So we see this relationship is breaking down. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, there's a great bit right before a uh, almost traffic accident is caused where Henry can't remember which pedal's the brake. Yeah. yeah. There's only two. <laughs> there's only two. <laughs> um, in the dinner, there's a bunch of jump cuts as he's like making the sauce to show his paranoia. Yeah. Um, the, the voiceovers are between him and his wife, especially in the car. There's voiceover and then dialogue that are all overlapping to show that he's just manic. And then his brother's wife, whose name I didn't get, but her only Lois, jo- Lois. Lois, her only job is to call from an outside line, and she basically hangs up and goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then hangs, and then like, phones from inside the house, um, and then he goes for one last booty call from what's her name? Was it Candy? Was it? Uh, no, um, not San- Vic- Sandy. 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 That's yeah. it, Sandy. Uh, and and then so he kind of like gets his booty call, grabs the coke, runs out. Before he runs out, he goes, "Ha ha ha." <laughs> No, because yeah. I think he doesn't have the booty call. I oh, think she, she says, wanted the booty call and he yeah, won't give it to her? Yeah, I think she says, oh, so you came here to fuck me and then and leave and something like that. And he just goes, and he just takes the cocaine <laughs> rather than fucking her and then Because he said earlier, all you did was tell her you love her every, yeah, few, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. every now and then and she's okay with it. Uh, and then Lois wants to go back and get her lucky hat because they're going to tape drugs to her before she flies is, is, is the theory here. Yeah. And um, he goes into his car and he's like arrested with a gun to the head. Yeah, yep. again. Yeah, as the song Cocaine is played in the background, mm. which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, the aftermath, uh, Karen, of course, flushes all the load that she can down the toilet. Which is standard. Which I would totally do. Yeah. Um, Get rid of the evidence. If, not, not that I'm ever planning on... Like, Are you ever going to be a mob boss? No, I'm never ever going to be a mob boss. <laughs> um, and then uh, Polly, he goes to Polly and says, I need some help. And Polly says, gives him some money and says, now I have to turn my back on you. And 3200 for a lifetime, he says. Well, it's not 3200 for a lifetime. You went off and did a bunch of coke when he said not to. Yeah, he gave you the warnings. Yep. And then... Uh, but really... I think he was generally concerned. 
the look he gave him was like, it's like, it's like I'm disappointed. It's like fatherly disappointment. Yeah. I, I hate this, but I now have to do this. Because yeah. I warned you, don't, yeah. don't do this. Yeah. I thought it was great acting by it, him. Yeah, I think he's really good in this. Mm. Jimmy then tries to have Karen whacked, and that was a dark scene. A big dark scene. Because yeah. she goes to him because she trusts him, and, and, and the whole time... Um, and again, he's being really, really nice. And Henry's saying, don't, don't go to him. Don't go to him. Don't go to him. And she does. And you're like, maybe Henry's... And she's really nice. Like, and he goes, oh, I've got some furs or something for you, just down around, around the corner. I think that's and he's, he's over-smiling the whole time yeah. he does yeah. it. And, she, and we want her to wisen up, and she does wisen up. Thank God. And gets in the car and drives off. Um, and then we eventually have the last summit and it's the two of them at this diner they'd been to before. And there we were talking about it, Liam, what was going on. There was this great dolly zoom, which makes it seem mm. like everything's like coming, that the world's coming in on him to show again, maybe his paranoia or yeah. something. It's good. Yep. And Jimmy reminds him he doesn't like rats. Yes, he does. And she says, I want you to go down to Florida for a hit. And the voiceover tells us he's never asked me to do a hit before. Yeah. And especially not somewhere else. So I knew if I went to Florida, I ain't, I ain't coming, coming back. back. Yeah. And so he's got one card left to play and it's witness protection. Yeah. But he's got like a list of demands. I don't want to go anywhere cold. <laughs> and Karen's like, I don't want to go with them. And he goes, no, you got to go with them. And there's a cross cut between this sort of meeting with the FBI and then everybody getting taken down. So obviously he turns his, he, he, he flips on them all mm. and gives them all up. And we go to the court case and there's this great final monologue as he's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a rat, I'm not, but he is a rat because he points out who they all are. Yeah, is this like, because um, he seemed too laid back and too easy going about it. I is think this... at the point where he gets up and starts talking to us, he's out of character. Out of character, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, um, and that, it turns out he can't break the suburb, he can't, can't do the suburban lifestyle. He's still in love with the life. Yeah. And so in an interview with movie critic Mark Cousins, Scorsese explained the reason. At the very end, Pesci shoots at the camera. Pesci, of course, who's dead. Yeah. And he says, well, it's a reference to the end of another film called The Great Train Robbery. And basically the point is that nothing's changed in 90 years. It's the same story. Gunshots will always be there. He's always going to have to look behind his back. He's always going to gotta have eyes behind his back because they're going to get him someday. But director ended the film with Henry regretting he's no longer a wise guy, about which Scorsese said, I think the audience should get angry at him. And I hope they do. And maybe with the system... and." I hope they do, and maybe with the system which allows this. So, yeah, the idea being that I don't like the fact that the government's aiding his yeah. relocation. But, so the, go ahead. Doesn't he go back to prison again? He does, as the film does tell us. He, 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 he uh, uh, like nineteen eighty-seven. He screws up again and goes back for five. But he gets five years probation. He doesn't go to prison. Oh, okay. Uh, they get him in, in, in Washington doing. How the same many times thing. do you get you know witness protection? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But the cast did not meet Henry Hill until a few weeks before the film's premiere. Leota met him in an undisclosed city. Hill had seen the film and told the actor that he loved it. And this really the idea that Henry Hill loves the idea of being famous. Yeah. Which is hard to do if you're in witness protection. Exactly. So um, Scorsese, on a side note, wanted to keep the movie feeling cold, unfeeling, and horrible, uh, with the violence being almost incidental. But he did have to remove 10 frames of blood to ensure that he could still get an R rating as opposed to uh, okay. like, ex- like extreme rating, 18 plus or whatever. Yeah. Um, we get Martin Scorsese wanted to use Frank Sinatra's version of My Way at the end. Oh, I prefer Sid Vicious version. But Sinatra would not allow Scorsese to allow the rights, so he'd use the Sid Vicious version, which I think has a little bit I more think, of a... Uh, yeah, it's got more gravity to it, because Sid Vicious died young. Now, we had said earlier that uh, Henry Hill, uh, is he really... He tells the story, so how much can we trust of this? Exactly, yeah. So... Um, other real-life gangsters have said that Hill was a minor figure and more of a hanger-on at best. 
Um, a bit my, like Ronnie Biggs in The Great Train Robbery. I haven't seen that, but I will take your word well, for it. Well, Ronnie Biggs was just the guy who said, I, I know a guy who can drive a train. Oh, okay. That yeah. was it. And so he was more, more like a hanger-on, like the rest of the guys who were in the Lufthansa heist. Yeah. They said Jimmy Burke, with the De Niro character, mm-hmm. was a real guy and was a real big player. Henry Hill, just a guy. Oh, okay. Not one of the big guys, just a guy. I was going to say that he, if he's telling his own story, he's going to big it up a bit more, isn't he? So after the premiere, speaking of this, Henry Hill went around and revealed his true identity. What? In response, the government kicked him out of the Federal Witness Protection Program. Get on you. Later in his life, Henry Hill launched GoodfellaHenry.com, a website devoted to the film and the life in the mob. Most of the people visiting the site derided Hill as being a snitch, and he died in 2012. But apparently, at least as of 2016, the site is still up and selling memorabilia. Wow. And that is where we live. He had such an ego, didn't he? he? It seems like, yeah. So again, how much can you trust in it? I exactly. don't know, because it seems like he just wants to be... He was seduced by fame and power. And yeah. if you can't do it as a wise guy, do it as a celebrity. Yeah. So mm. that is that. So we are just left with our usual endgame sort of stuff. But first off, I, I like going back and watching I do. Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah was, I still like it as a movie. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the usual the usual suspects, if usual. you will. But not the usual suspects. <laughs> That's another, another role podcast. of women in the film. Shit. Yeah, it's not very good. I, they, they, have, they had a moment. I like there's Karen. A, there's a couple of redeeming bits. I, yeah. I like Karen, but I don't like how she gets tra- treated. I don't like how she gets treated. She's not. She's... Is she a better person than he is? Mm, to start Just with. Fractionally. <laughs> I mean, she never actually kills anyone. No. Nor aids and abets a murder and hides a body. She just kind of... But she admits she gets a thrill from it. Something, but she gets a thrill from it. So she there's, she probably isn't much removed from that. No. Something we probably didn't mention enough is how much Henry is always the guy who's like tending to the guy who's been attacked. See, yeah. that's what... Like Spider, both times when he's shot and when he's killed, he's the guy down there showing concern. Everybody else stays at the table. He bridges that gap. And we didn't talk about the bit at the start when a guy gets shot in the hand and um, someone See, tells him he wasted eight aprons on him. Yes. That's, that's the bit that bothers me because, you know, would he have been like that? If he's telling the story, he wants the audience to like him, doesn't he? And at which point do we go, I mean, even within the film, do we go, is, is some of the Scorsese? Yeah, it could be. You know, I have to make somebody the protagonist. So yeah. let's, he's got to represent us, so maybe we'll make him the one who is compassionate. If you're not, if that was Tommy, there's no way we're going to warm to him. There's no way we're going to invest in him. Now, you're right. Uh, so you have to have a little bit of warmth there for you to invest in that character. Yeah. Because you've got to want to know if he's going to be all right. Ain't until the end that you go, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. So yeah, um, but we're, are we kind because of, the women in general not treated well. I do like Karen. I like Karen as well. Um, I think she's not exactly a good female role model, but she has got some strength to her, and right. she doesn't she just. Has, she's got she's not a shrinking violet, is no. she? But in the same yeah. breath, that no one here is a good male role model, and I don't no, believe exactly. that art no. has to exist to get my role models from. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah, should yeah. come from the real world. I'm not saying you are saying that, but I am saying that, you know. So role of women can be more than just, is she a good woman? I think it's just the idea of it. Does she have agency in her own life? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Does she, she goes out, now it's about a man, but she goes out and says, no, you stay away from this. This is, this is, this is mine. This is who I want. I will fight for him. And she's flawed. And I think that's quite good to have, not just, it's not a, she's not a, she's not a one dimensional character. And that's the part I like. And in a, in a film of so many male presence, like she said, she's a, she's a force of nature in this film. And I like that. She definitely stands out amongst the men, which I think is credit to the character and the writing. Yeah, definitely. But to go back to your argument, the role of woman being, as you said, shit, I think I can sum it up. I can, I can sum it up in, in, in one sentence. 
Saturday nights for the wives. Yeah. Friday nights for the girlfriends. To be fair, That's all yeah. you yeah. say. Yeah. Tommy's mother has represented really well. Yeah, but I mean, and that is playing into kind of that Italian stereotype yeah. of mafia films. Yeah, they respect and, you know, for what her. you do for your, you know, you treat your mother differently than you treat the women in your lives. Sandy, on the other hand, not such a great representation. Or the other, Vicky, whatever her name was. The first one. I thought she was Janice. Janice. The first girlfriend, Janice, sure. Yeah. I think so. I don't know, I'm just yeah. I'm I don't know. I like Janice. <laughs> I believe early in the film, she meets Henry Hill and she stumbles and we're supposed to think, oh, she's just like enraptured with him. No, she trips over the the, the dolly track that the camera moves on. <laughs> and Scorsese went, no, it seems like it kind of works. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. So, because you don't think about that. Like in all these like moving shots, generally the camera's on a track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so such is. Um, is there, uh, oh, let's talk about something I'm going to call, we've done it before, the swear jar, the swear jar. <laughs> How many times do you think the word fuck are said in this film? Mm, three hours, every five minutes. <laughs> Did Samuel L. Jackson say any of them? He no. did not. <laughs> I did, though, for him once he got shot. Yeah. So, I guess, how many times the word fuck said? 17. 17, okay. 78. 78? 65. You could add all yours together and multiply it by two and you'd still be short. Wow. Really? Wow. The word fuck is said 321 times in this film, am... an average of 2.04 times per minute, and Joe Pesci says about half of them. Wow. I am the... desensitized to the word fuck. The yeah. Script... yeah. It's kind of like what Ryan Reynolds said. After a while, he's ruined the word. Yeah, yeah. they ruined the word fuck. Um, and so the script only called for it to be used 70 times, but because so much of the dialogue was like improvised, <laughs> yeah. they just went nuts with it. At its time, it had the most profanity of any movie in history. As wow. of 2020, it's number 15. Uh, Another Scorsese okay. film would get into the top five, and that's Wolf of Wall Street at yeah. number three. So, yeah, nothing like a good F-bomb. Um Times have changed, haven't they? If I told you it's a Samuel L. Jackson movie with, the, with this many F-bombs, you probably would never come up with Goodfellas. You wouldn't, would you? No, you wouldn't. No. Because it's not really a Samuel L. Jackson no. movie, No, it's more it? like a film where you go, did, it's like a, did you know Samuel Jackson? <laughs> it's, 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 it's more like a trivia yeah. thing than anything else. I would like to know the first film that he says, motherfucker. I think it's, I know he swears in coming to America. I don't know if he says that. He does when drop, does it become he his drops, trademark? He drops an F-bomb because he says in coming to America... Because uh, Akeem, played by Eddie yeah, Murphy, yeah, yeah. comes out and goes, I don't think you want to be robbing this place. And he goes, who the fuck is this asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Great little line. It's like, and like, that's his first film. It's like, he's like, right from the start, he went, that swearing thing works for you. I think, I'll, yeah. I, think I, will, I will stop trying to do Hamlet and I will do this instead. This is, <laughs> this is what I will do. <laughs> that's become his trademark now, hasn't it? It is, it is. It's yeah. not a Samuel Jackson movie. He's not dropping an MF. No. Um, best character, favorite character in the film. Hmm. Mm. Probably Karen. Karen? Yeah. Any justification for that? She's the only one that is redeemable, I think. Okay. Would probably be it, what my reasoning. Ellie? I like Karen as well. I like how she's she's got that fiery nature to her, and I really like that, that scene where she kind of goes and confronts him in the street about how he stood her up. Yeah. Um, that I think that kind of sets the dynamic in place and shows that she's a bit more than she was made out to be in that first scene with her. And Yeah, I just think she's quite a cool character William I like Karen too um, but I'm going to pick Jimmy okay I like Jimmy because he's a little bit Henry Hill and he's a little bit Tommy oh very nice you know and he's that little mixture of both so sometimes he can be the mediator and sometimes he can be the the killer (laughs) absolutely you know and sometimes he's very cold and sometimes very calculated so he's very 
got more depth to him. Okay. So I'd, I'd say Jimmy. Now, the last two weeks, you have guessed my favorite character. Yeah. Do you want to go for a third shot here? Can you guess my favorite character? Yeah, Wiggy. Who's Wiggy? Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Maury, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> um, no I'm going to go Paulie. I would say that as well. No, it's Jimmy. Is it oh. Jimmy? I love Jimmy. I think he has an arc. He does, a big arc. I think he comes in and he is the stud. He's yeah. the guy handing out the money. And then over the course of the movie, he has to make sort of do with the idea that Tommy's going to pass him. And there mm. is something in that where he first he goes, Ugh. Yeah. And he aspires he, to be him, doesn't he, to start with? He, to be who? Henry Hill. Who, Henry Hill aspires, he, yeah. Because I'm assuming that um, Jimmy is like 10 years older. Yeah, oh, him, absolutely. Because you know. he, he's, a, he's a kid. We still see teenage yeah. uh, Henry up so against adult Jimmy. he to be like Jimmy. But then he sees both Henry and Tommy, though, especially passes him by. I think yeah. There's a moment early on when he's like, I don't like the fact that Tommy's passing me by until he makes his peace. I can never be made. Tommy can. Yeah. And then he comes up with the perfect heist, pulls it off, and then everybody underneath him lets him down. And then he gets paranoid. And I think there's a definite arc to his story where yeah. he goes from yeah. being the absolute hero. I don't think Henry ever rises to the level that Jimmy is at the start of the no, movie. No, definitely not. No way. And so I think it's his rise and fall. I think his story is really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and also the fact that he just ages really well in this film. He does. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, we're not supposed to, like, it was Ray Liotta 21. No, of course he's not. But we <laughs> see, like, De Niro go from looking like, you know, a guy in his yeah, 30s yeah. to, like, a guy, like, legitimately in his 60s, I think, by the end, you're going, late 50s at least, you're going, they've done a good job. I think generally he has actually aged really well. What, in real as, life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, <laughs> well, well, that wasn't the case in 1990, Not so though, much it? now, but no. a few years ago he still but, looked really good. But even if you look at him when he's younger, he's still got that craggy looking face, hasn't he? He does. You I know, saw him in a that, film called 1900, which is when he's like, he's, he's really young in that. Yeah. But even still, he's got a little bit of definition bit, and like old yeah. man to his face. You can see yeah. he's going to age into it well. Yeah. Um, best moment, best element in the film? Um... Ooh. I think I like um I don't I don't like it, but I do like it. It's the bit where the, the Pesci had the problem with. Oh, the bit where he kills spider. Yeah. Okay. It's the fact that there's that that makes me feel uncomfortable because okay. I put my myself in spider's shoes. Uh and Was I, there eight of them? Yeah. The first thing I would do <laughs> coming back joke. hobbling on really my foot. Joke. I'd pull a gun it. and I'd put it to his head and kill him. Because I wouldn't care. You know, I'd get to the point where... At that point, he's dead. Like, if he's, he's going to kill me anyway, I that, may as well take yeah. him with me. Yeah. Going by what he's seen and everything else and what he's heard, yeah. they're going to whack you anyway. Especially once he has no remorse. He's like, don't go looking for sympathy just because you're on that foot. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, done. exactly. You know, I'll just... But he doesn't, you know? What did he think was going to happen when he said that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's, it's the look on, um, on Tommy's face yep. where he just coldly just pulls the gun and... Like, no, no nothing. It's just bang. So I, I, I hate to be so punny, but it's like a hair trigger response, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the, the I struggle with the scene, but I think that's a clever scene. Okay, yeah. Ellie, sorry to be repetitive, but that's my favourite element as well. Um, I think just that kind of showing how Tommy's just completely lost control. Um, so I know I know he does it earlier with the guy in the bar, but it, with the maid guy, but it doesn't seem as dramatic as when he does it in the mm. poker game because it is over something so trivial and. The, I guess with the with the bar thing, it's just a comment, but he really belittles him, whereas this guy just made a mistake with a drink, if he even did. And it is like, he just turns into a proper psycho. So it's kind of worrying about where that's going to go from there and who else he's going to hurt and what else he's going to do. So I think it kind of intensifies things. Okay. Georgia? I liked a lot of the camera work in this film. Camera work's amazing. All right. 
I really like the that long follow shot of them going yeah, through the that's a good one. the the quick way that ended up being the back way the that kitchen. was actually longer. Yeah. The kitchen scene, I really liked that. Um, and that was it called Dolly Zoom. Dolly Zoom. I really liked that as yeah, well. There's a, cool a there's a couple of nice little bits like that throughout it that I appreciated. Yeah, that's Michael Backhouse. I think his name was who was the director of photography. <laughs> on nice this. job. Very clever. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with. I'm going to say the use of voiceovers from both characters to yeah. frame yeah. the film. That was Very pretty good. interesting. Because that threw me. And then every now and then you got her perspective. I think there's times where I needed her perspective. Yes. Definitely, yeah. And, and then it so drops off again. It drops off. And I could have used a bit of her at the end of the film. Mm. Mm. Does she go with him? I don't really... Because she doesn't want to go with him. No. But he said, like, they said, like, they will kill you. They will kill you She if does, because in yeah. the bits at the end, um, it says that they... Got they divorced in got divorced Oh, that's right. Later yeah, yeah, yeah. on after 25 years. The Chiron at the end so, tells us that, yeah. So such is, um, yeah. but I think it helps with the idea that they're both being seduced in various ways by this lifestyle. And yeah. she's just as seduced by the lifestyle as oh, he is. And she gets addicted to the cocaine as well. Yeah, like they, they have the same faults in many ways. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. Um, a grumble. Um, I'll go first. Then. Go, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a bit heavy. Yeah. As, as, as far as length, yeah. I don't think I needed the scene with the. There's a few scenes I just didn't need. I felt just padded the runtime. I'm not yeah. sure I needed the scene of like the the women's party. Yeah. No. Um. I'm, I think jail might have lasted a little bit longer than I would have. I would have cared much like much everybody in jail. Maybe but they thought the same thing. And, dig, <laughs> and digging up the body. Again. Digging up the body. I felt it's just. Yeah. There's just a couple things I went. I mean, I guess there's that. I mean, I, I might say I guess I got tired of Tommy's. Um, ridiculous, but I'm supposed to. But I think so a lot. Of right. that, I think a lot of that was Pesci. Oh, for sure. You know that was his, how he because you look at him the way he delivers dialogue in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Well, not the first one, but third and I mean, I mean, he's comedic in it, but he's yes, very, yeah. He but his delivery is more comedic, but and he's, lighter. He's very he talk, 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 talk. But he's very much like this in Casino, which is another. Um, Another Sc- Sc- Scorsese, De Niro yeah. kind of gangstery film. Yeah. with similar comeuppance in the end for him. Yeah. So yeah. But you know, such is so that that was me. I felt I felt the film could have probably been trimmed by fifteen minutes. Yeah, and it wouldn't have hurt the story in the grand scheme of things. No, Liam. There are a few grumbles, but nothing major for okay. me. I, I don't like, like the, I, again. We repeat this all the time: the way women are represented in film. Yep. Um, but I just feel like we're just barking at the same tree but, every time we I'm do a, this. <laughs> in a sense, and it's going to sound really weird. I'm okay with this because I believe the mafia is probably a very misogynistic institution. Yeah, well, and we, therefore, if you had women represented really, really well in the mafia, I'd go, "No, it's BS. That's, there's, there's no way this is actually how it is." You know, you said earlier that um, that women, uh, she, Karen, wouldn't talk to um, what's her name, the one who played Karen. Oh, uh, yeah, her, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they um, said they only associate in their own circles. Yeah, and that was shown in the film that they only meet their own people. Yeah. They don't, you know. You don't go outside of it, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't like the way they're represented, but uh, I don't know. I, there's a few scenes where the killing happened. I I, I kind of go, oh, that's a bit heavy. Um, but I think, like you said, it was justified in in the film. Okay. Um, but yeah. Right. I haven't really got that many grumbles, to be honest. Yeah, quite a few, actually. Did you? <laughs> you did. You should have oh, like, struggled. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't have any grumbles, and you had listed like three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Ellie? Um, nothing major for me, but um, that Dolly Zoom that you all loved so much made me feel a little bit sick. I didn't enjoy that. Oh, my word. It's oh, that's clever. Like Spiel, I think Spielberg invented it, or like... like it they, 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 they can't make you feel sick. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah, yeah, it was a bit gross. That's why it's not used very often. Like, it's used very sparingly. Yeah. Very, very sparingly. Uh, Georgia? Um, 
definitely the runtime. I think they could have cut that down a little bit. Okay. Um, that coupled with maybe cutting a few of the minor characters because I really struggled to keep up with who was who. I think that stretched over a long runtime. It's never one of those things where you try to take a book and you try and boil it down. Yeah, yeah it's it, hard. It mm. lost my interest a little bit because it things ran long, but also I couldn't invest as much as I'd wanted to because some of the people weren't as fleshed out because there were so many of them. Okay. But yeah. Speaking of running long, we don't want to do that here. So it's time for <laughs> the age game. The age game. Let's all play the age game. So I don't know how many. I mean, there's a few obvious ones I hope are going to show up. So yeah. let's let's so turn it over. We've got Henry, Ray Liotta. Oh, Ray Liotta. Not, that's not you and your, oh, Ray Liotta. 21 <laughs> Ray Liotta. He's, he's still one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Um, Ray Liotta. Now, we say, he's 20, we say he's 21. I don't think he is. No. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 32. Oh, you said, okay. That's what you. Georgia just said as well. Oh, okay. did you? I'll say 35. I did, yeah. He is 35. Hey! <laughs> uh, Robert De Niro, Jimmy. Well, we said he was in his 40s, didn't we? So, 44. 42. He's, he's not the one we said was in his 40s. I'm going to say 40. Oh. 47. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He passed, like, when, at the start of the film. Like, if you told me he was 35, I'd have gone, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. He look, looks so good. He's good, Like, yeah. and it, not anymore. That was in but, 90, so he's, yeah. he's like 77 now. Wow. That's incredible. Um, Joe Pesci, Tommy. Younger. Mm, 36. Okay, this is the one we said was in his 40s. 42. <laughs> I will go with 46. 44. Also 47. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. That's surprising. But you, like, you can put a hairpiece on him all you want. Don't yeah, tell yeah. me he's 21 years old. <laughs> no, 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 no. That kid, Tommy. <laughs> um, Lorraine Bracco, who plays Karen. Oh, She's got to be younger. Yeah, she does. 27. I'm not sure. I think she might be 30, so I'm going to go 32 again. I think she might be 30. I'm just, <laughs> you've made me doubt myself now, so I'm just double checking, but I think she's 36. Oh, wow. So, so oh. I think she, lo- she looks older. You didn't write this down, or? I did. Yeah, she is 36. Okay. No, I did, I did write it down. You just made me doubt myself. Oh, okay. um, and then Paul Sorvino, who plays Paulie. Paulie. Oh, he didn't play it poorly. Um, 52. Hmm. I'm going to go 55. 57. 51. Oh, oh, wow. oh come on. I think you've done all right this time. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Okay. Uh, so, um, is this anybody's best role ever? Oh, Ray Liotta's. Oh, Ray Liotta. Yeah. Without, 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 without Hands down. Hands uh, down. Uh, is it Joe Pesci's? I'm going to say yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can think of anything better. I mean, maybe some no, Home Alone yeah, purists yeah. out there. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. love him yeah, in, in Home Alone. I think, but, um, I think he's yeah. got to yeah. be his best. Yeah, I think you're right. It's the thing he's most, I mean, that speech, the do I amuse, like, yeah, yeah. forever that will be attributed to him. Yeah, there's no iconic lines that he says in Home Alone. Um, Have any of us seen The Irishman yet, though? No. No. But I've seen Casino. I've seen, you know, I can't go, I, yeah. I don't, I've never seen everything any of the actors have done so far. But uh, the stuff I've seen, I De Niro I've seen better. Yes. 1900 was better. Godfather's better. Taxi Driver's better. Uh, yeah, he's better in, in other things. Yeah. Um, not Meet the Fockers. Um, no. no, 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 no. Meet the parents on the other hand. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, oh, that's a superstar. De Niro, if you're listening, is this Scorsese's best film? Close? I, I Top pre- five? I prefer, well, yeah. I prefer The Departed. Departed, yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street or this? Have you seen both? Yes. What do you prefer? I guess for me, I've only seen Wolf of Wall Street twice, where I've seen Goodfellas, I don't know, seven times probably yeah. over the years. More nostalgia for me for seeing for as a kid. Yeah, because yeah. how I view life as a child and how I view life now are completely different. So 
my memories of it and then how I feel now. Yep. Some of the same, some are completely different. Yep. Where I can't have that same feeling with Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. So. I prefer this to Wolf of Wall Street. See, I prefer Wolf of Wall Street to this. I don't know why. I just do, but it's also very bloated. Yeah. It's also very bloated. I'd uh, push, I'd say Goodfellas. I think it's the same film. So yeah. I think I just happen to see Wolf of Wall Street first. Yeah. Because it really is. If we ever hear to do this, it's like beat for beat, pretty much the same story. Um, Even the way he talks to the camera, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot more of it in Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. but yeah, it's the same kind of concept. Um, so the studio was originally very nervous about the uh, the film, especially the extreme violence and language. It reportedly received the worst preview response in the studio's history. Wow. Martin Scorsese said the numbers were so low it was funny, but it was released without significant alteration and received overwhelming critical acclaim, cementing Scorsese's reputation as one of America's foremost filmmakers, and as I joked earlier, made him a made man. It did. Joe Pesci wins the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for this. Over Al Pacino, who we talked about earlier, who was nominated yeah, yeah. for Dick Tracy, which is nuts. I'm, I'm shocked that Dick Tracy, he was nominated for Dick Tracy. Yeah. And I'm shocked that um, Pesci won it for Goodfellas. Oh, I think Pesci's good in this, yeah. I think he's good, but I think I think De Niro's better. Oh. Pesci is playing Pesci they put De- in different... I wonder if they put De Niro down as a leading role. See, I, see, I see it as support. He is, but he's the first one listed. Would his ego oh. allow? Would his ego allow him? Because oh, okay. you can choose yeah. what category you want to put people in for. Was it nominated? He was silly not to. If that was the case, if that was the case, yeah. Henry uh, Hill is the the main character. Oh, it's, it's Ray Liotta's film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Pesci's acceptance speech is the sixth shortest in the Academy's history. Here is the entirety of it. Go for it's it. my privilege. Thank you. <laughs> and that's only Hang the on. sixth shortest? That's the sixth. That's the sixth, yes. Do we know the other five? I don't. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I think I might have cut it off, at, uh, the, the other ones. But Pesci admitted he didn't say very much because he genuinely felt he didn't have a chance of winning. Uh, in his review for the Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert, favorite of the podcast, said, no finer mm-hmm. film has ever been made about organized crime, not even The Godfather. That's a debate about, Ooh. is this a better film than The Godfather? I've never seen The Godfather. Godfather's more quotable. Is it? If you watch The Godfather, you'll realize I know half the references because they've been made by other films since. Uh, yeah, I've not I, seen it. yeah, I've not it's seen it. It's long. The Godfather Part Two is also long. So yeah. Okay. Uh, in his review for the Chicago Tribune, Gene Siskel, partner of Roger Ebert, wrote, "All the performances are first rate. Pesci stands stands out though with his seemingly unscripted manner. He's not wrong. Goodfellas mm. easily one of the year's best films. Both named it as the best film in 1990, and they weren't alone. In a poll of 80 film critics, Goodfellas was named as the best film of the year by 34 different critics." Roger Ebert named it the best mob movie ever and called it amongst the best 10 best films of the decade. Channel 4 has called it the number 10 film, best film of all time. Empire Magazine listed it as number 6 of all time. And Total Film rated it number 1 in the greatest film of all time. Friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith. said, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this film got me into gangster movies. Definitely one of the first I saw. I have not seen it for quite a while, but I remember a career-defining performance from Pesci. De Niro and Leota were also brilliant. I may have to dig out my Blu-ray for a rewatch. Do that. Do that. I, yeah. think, it was, I think it was definitely it's, worth a watch. It's a great movie. On that note, what did we feel it was worth when it came time for ratings? Ratings. Ooh. Liam, what do you have and what do you give Goodfellas? I'm going to give it an Tommy Gunn. Oh 8.5 you, you know it's not the 30s when they start this right you did think no. it was earlier than the 70s T- oh, I Tom, did Tommy, Tommy with his gun. and oh, his gun there yeah. we go. <laughs> but I was doing a play on words there we go Tommy's gun would be I, a I, Tommy gun yes an eight and a half eight and a half okay. yeah 
A strong eight and a half. Strong eight and a half. As opposed to one of those weak eight and a half. Well, that's very close to nine. Oh, is it? I don't, okay. I don't mm. feel it deserves a nine. Okay. But it's very, very close to a nine. Ellie. I'm, I'm going to give it a str- also a strong, but seven and a half. Seven and a half. Because um, I can't quite decide whether to give it an eight or not. I think I'm going to leave it at seven and a half, but yeah. Georgia. I am going to give it seven pink bloody Cadillacs out of <laughs> ten. Wow. Uh, I will then refer to eight witness protection placements. <laughs> ten. Uh, it's a good film. It is it's a good, good film. film. Um, Seven and a half would have felt too low. Eight and a half, I was going, uh, I, I don't know if I put, uh, I like it. I like it. For, I, I see a lot of stuff in it. I just. I think it's cleverly filmed. It is really cleverly filmed. I just kind of went, emotionally, I don't think it takes me on a journey. No. No. That's, no. that's my issue. I don't yeah, feel yeah. anything. I go, I like really clever. to make me feel things. It's, I don't, it's not League no. of Their Own, is it? It's not, you know? it's not League of Their Own. League of Their Own really Muppet made me feel sorry. It does. It, it took me on a journey. Yeah. And, and if you're out there and you're going, look, God, God, you guys are idiots. Goodfellas is a 10. God bless you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, could see, I can understand why you would think that. Yeah. I can. If that's what you want from your films. And I love Scorsese. Departed. We know. I love The Departed. Um, yeah. But that film makes me go places. This film never really made me go no. anywhere that visceral. Because at the end of the day, Henry Hill is like what they say, ironically. Yeah. He doesn't say much. No. It's his story, but he sits there and watches. Not a lot happens to Henry Hill. And he's not, like, likable at no, the end. At no point am I rooting for him. At no point am I, am I conflicted by it. No. So it, it, it's clever. I cared more about the characters. We None of us named Henry Hill. Not one of us no. named Henry and Hill. And Ray Liotta is one of my favorite yeah. characters. So. Not one of us even said, no. I really liked him. Like, you mentioned Pauly. I, I totally would have gone Pauly yeah, yeah. as a second choice. Yeah. Uh, or Karen. Yeah. You know, or, and there's not, Ray Liotta's not bad in this. No. I just didn't care about the character. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I gave it a he's, seven, a, he's a character yeah. that stuff happens around. It yes. doesn't happen to. Yeah. So that's that. So all that's left for us to do now is talk about what we are doing in a few minutes. You guys, two of you don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Georgia texting. only knows because she is she did the context. Yeah. Because, and also because I'd be absolutely flat out terrified the whole time and watching that, it. And that was all. the way we walked around us. Yeah. So she didn't know what film it was at the time. So first off, what are we doing for the Halloween episode? In a couple of, oh, actually, yes. Let me do next week first. And then oh, I'll oh, set oh, us oh God. My mind, my mind's blown. <laughs> next week. <laughs> So the, the Tuesday following, this coming Tuesday, is yeah. November the 3rd, I want to say. November 3rd is Election Day in the yes. United States oh. of America. Oh, okay. So we are going to, once every four years, and what are the odds yeah. we would do this on Election Day? So we are going to do the Michael Douglas, Annette Benning film, The American, American President. President. Yeah. Have you cool. seen this? No. I have, and it's like a 90%. It's really highly rated on oh, cool. like Rotten Tomatoes and all cool. that stuff. So, yeah. Really I remember it coming out. Timely. Timely. And, and it's a romance. And you yeah. know what? There's been a lot of like politics in the United States is very and angry and mm. yelling. And this is Aaron Sorkin. This is the same guy who, who like wrote for the, for the West, Ring, West Ring, West Wing. <laughs> and there's a lot of pageantry and beauty about the idea oh, of the presidency. Okay. And I could just use a bit of that because it's going to be a little bit nutty. I think. Did he have sexual relations with that woman? He had sexual relations with, <laughs> with, with a woman because because it's something we haven't done a whole lot of. It's a romance. Yes. Oh, nice. And we haven't, haven't done a lot of that. No, we did the crow. We did well, no, hey, that's not, a romantic, not a, comedy. A romantic comedy. This isn't yeah, a comedy. Yeah. This is a romance. Right. So we've had this, Rocky the Runner movie. This in theory, everything will be our two romances. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this um, is strictly a romance, and not it's not kind of like a political thriller type. It's a romance story. It's okay. a story about can the American president still ha- go on a date? Okay. Oh, cool. And that kind of a thing. I didn't. I should have mentioned this, and I will really quickly. Goodfellas, eight point seven on IMDb, That's which good. is insanely high, high yeah. and ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. wow. So definitely, I, I, I want to mention. Like, I feel like an outlier. 
I would not have put it that high what, at all. What's that, 8.7? Yeah. Because the 96 just means you liked it or you didn't. Yeah. The 96 said good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the 8.7, that's an average rating. So mm. you, yeah. I, I did feel it, like it didn't feel dated. The, it doesn't. It's timeless. I'll give you that. Yeah. Mm. The voters on IMDb tend to skew male. We, we, we've, we've discovered this. Yeah, yeah. And males would be more inclined for this hyper-aggressive, violent sort mm-hmm. of movie. Yeah. We'll go ahead and do it. So then it takes us to what's happening coming up right now. Yes. Okay. First, violence. we have to address drum roll. I have to, I have to go over the controversy. Oh, yes. So first, we have to talk Halloween about Halloween Gate. We had th- four polls because I screwed up on one of them. I made them too short. Okay. We had four out of five polls finished, and then on poll five, we had a frih- friend of the podcast, yeah. uh, often guest and and contributor on the Disney podcast, Ethan. Yeah. Deci- he really wanted Coraline to win, and yeah. so he hashtagged Coraline, and it was picked up by a Coraline fan group who then bombarded the thing. Now, the point of it is, and I hope the listeners understand and appreciate this, yes. the point of the poll was that for our listeners to have a say in what we do coming up, it wasn't supposed to be a referendum between fandoms. No. So the idea was we were trying to give some control over the podcast to the listeners, not to random fan groups. And yeah. so on the fifth poll, it received like five times the vote of any other week. Yeah. And so Coraline was a landslide runaway winner on that. But I felt it didn't, uh, it, 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 it didn't reflect. And we were very torn. And we were very torn. And we didn't know what to do. So in the end, what we've decided, and I kind of put on my executive hat, and you guys were all great to go, whatever you choose, what we're, we're going to run with. So... We're not going to feature Coraline on Halloween. Yeah. However, we will review Coraline before the year is up. Yes. yes. So in 2020, we will review Coraline for that. But we felt after a month of promoing and engaging with our listeners, it just didn't feel right to let the fact that one fan account retweeted it out to 50,000 It would have been, it'd been different yeah. if that was like a, a forerunner. If it was in the running, if I wouldn't have run, an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had to go, okay, what do I do? Do I take the one who was ahead? Do I do a new poll? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And there was one that was ahead by one singular vote after the first four weeks. And it was the same one that had a sizable lead in week five. Oh, so okay. it, it, it was consistent. And yeah, so yeah. in a sense, I'm going to strike the last week pretty much because it, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And so by one vote, mm-hmm. the winner is what has been on my uh, USB stick as mystery film on MP4. Yes. Scream. We are watching Scream, <laughs> which actually was Liam's first choice. It was my first choice, and we, I didn't have a backup, so we had to sort of like rig it. So I went for my my second choice. <laughs> so yeah, so we will be doing Scream. Nev Campbell, uh, Drew Barrymore, oh, uh, and a bunch of just nineties so, yeah. things. So we are literally about to hang Kevin up Williams, on this one, I believe. and we are going to yep. then yeah. do Halloween. We're, we're literally going to hang up. And we'll record the welcome, 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 welcome for Scream in like 30 <laughs> seconds. Well, we're going to make coffee first. Or no, we're going to do the intro. We're going to do this and then get coffee. Because yeah. it is now almost 8 p.m. at night and yeah. we are going to power through. I would cool. just like to do a quick shout out to the, those Coraline fan groups and say that if you would like to become a listener for our podcast in the future, then no, please we are, do. No, we, we still we're appreciate still you. Coraline. There, there's one or two dates we are going yeah, to use. Yeah, it depends yeah. on Georgia's got a date coming up. She was going to think about some stuff. We don't have to announce anything. Yeah, yeah. But there is either it'll happen in November or in mid-December. We will do the Coraline episode. Yeah. And that's fine. We, I've got it penciled in. So this is an empty promise. We will do Coraline because I haven't seen it. Actually, it's the one I haven't seen. And it I, I'm quite interested. People who have talked about Same. it have been really uh, qu- quite, quite big on it. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that. But I'm also looking forward to reviewing Scream Same. in about 10 minutes. So with that in mind, please join us on Halloween mm-hmm. for Scream and on next week for the American President. Yes. 
So please join us on Halloween when we review Scream and next Tuesday when we review on Election Day, The American President. For Best Film Ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And do we amuse you? (laughs) What, are we funny? Do we make you laugh? Well, if it is, you should go and leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Take care, folks. I don't know why I'm doing that. Welcome back. I'll do that in the second half. You're killing me. I know. Did I use the do I amuse you, do I make you laugh, or was that? Did I, did I use that last week? I didn't use that last week, did you I? No. Okay. Yeah. Try and act like you're surprised when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> a cab over peak with a reefer on with a Kenwood hauling logs. I said, call no trucks, this here's the duck. We just ain't going to pay no toll. No, no. <laughs> so we crashed the gate doing 98. I said, let them fuckers roll, 10 4. <laughs> Because we got a great big convoy rocking through the night. What, what? Yeah, we got a great big convoy. Ain't you a beautiful <laughs> sight? Two, three, four, convoy. Come on, join us. <laughs> Come on, join our convoy. Ain't nothing going to get in our way. Nope, nope. We're going to draw that fucking convoy across the USA. Two, three, four, convoy. Convoy. Have I missed something? No, we got all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he asked you to do it again. <laughs> oh. Lord me into a false sense. Oh, there we go.